0: Ladies and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today, no, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is Friday, the 16th day of February, 2018. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for everything that you do for us. Thanks for your notes and your letters and your support. Appreciate that very much. Of course, uh, our flagship show 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, BTR, and loaded, uploaded the next day to YouTube uh, for archival purposes. Uh, news today. Oh, but by the way, two shows as well, uh, Doug Hagman radio show, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern time on BTR as well as Global Star and Joe and John from 2 to 3, uh, same venues, Global Star and BTR. Tune into the five hours of, uh, Hagman reporting right here. Again, Global Star Radio and BTR. Our, uh, uh, our, if you, if you'd like to engage in conversation, we did open the btr venue that's open all you have to do is go to hagmanreport.com for all uh venues for all of our platforms so just go to hagmanreport.com and click on the link to the show page and from there you can hey you can watch the show you can uh listen to the show you can you've got a lot of options there all right, so a couple long, of, couple long of long issues. Today. Yeah, Mueller, 13 indictments, and it's mm-hmm. not going to stop. 13, okay. It's going to keep going.
1: A few things about this. One, Robert Mueller today announced the indictments of 13 Russians, I believe 13 Russians and three entities, uh separate entities, for what? For aggravated identity theft, as well as creating fake social media accounts to set up in order to promote election activities, anything from Uh, Protesting Donald Trump's rallies to uh, protesting Hillary Clinton's rallies to putting on pro-Trump rallies to putting on Hillary Clinton rallies, allegedly. I believe this is just a PR stunt. And as I said earlier, if the FBI spent half as much energy trying to uh, undermine the President of the United States as they did on this school shooter, which we now learn had two warnings, not only was the YouTube channel and comment sent to the FBI where he says, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. The FBI received a tip on January 5th, uh, received a call from somebody close to the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, who said on the tip line that he wanted to kill people and talked about the possibility of him shooting up the school. The FBI admitted they did not act on the information, and the governor of Florida is demanding that the FBI... Head Charles Ray stepped down
0: That's Christopher Rick Scott. Ray. Christopher, Christopher Ray, Ray yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, FBI's it, failure yeah.
1: to take action Against the killer is unacceptable The FBI has admitted that they were contacted Last month by a person who called to inform Them of Cruz's desire to Kill people and the potential of him Conducting a school shooting 17 innocent people are dead And acknowledging a mistake isn't going to cut it An apology will never bring these seven people, 17 people back to life Or comfort the families who are in pain The families will spend a lifetime wondering how this could happen. An apology will never give them the answers they uh, desperately need. Trump needs to fire them all and disband the FBI. That's what Rick Scott put out in a tweet earlier today, the governor of Florida.
0: I'm going to toss this out there. Is the FBI even constitutional? That's just a a question that uh, has come up. Does the Constitution authorize uh, the FBI? Now... uh, Right. That, that's, that's a complex a question. question. That's it a is. complex question, but nonetheless. And it, with the Office of the Independent Counsel, it looks as if, um, the, there's a leaker inside there, of course, as yeah. there always are leakers and saying, well, you know, this doesn't preclude, uh, going, now going from the shooting to the, uh, um, OIC investigation, this does not preclude for the arrest. And of course, uh, but they the, did say, you know, Rod Rosen said in the press conference said that this,
1: uh, there was no collusion. At least, right. no Americans were involved uh, wittingly. They did not know. So, is that a, a statement proving or alluding to Trump's innocence? Many people are taking well, that side, or what he said, and putting it in that argument, saying this exonerates Trump.
0: So, you know, look, I'll, I'll tell you this: if they had anything of concrete of value against Donald Trump, the president of the United States. I could tell you right now, they would they would have filed it. You know, this month's years to build a case against the sitting president is really an assault on our constitutional republic and that's all I really want to say about it. I spoke a in depth about this on my show this morning. Subsequent to the Church Committee back in 1975 uh, and their hearings, you had the establishment of the FISA, uh, the, the FISA process, the FISA courts, which were created in 78 and of course the history the creation of the FISA courts were, were because of the abuses, as exposed in the Church Committee hearings. So, what we, we've we seen now is the is the perversion of the FISA court process by the intelligence agencies, the CIA, the FBI. The CIA headed by John Brennan, the FBI headed by Comey, and prior to that Mueller, who's now the uh, office of uh, Independent Counsel. Bottom line here: this is an assault right now. This this is nothing but an assault against a sitting president. This is a bought and paid for Hillary Clinton uh, uh, hit job, political hit job. And the co conspirators in this political hit job include, but are not limited to uh, Comey, to Lynch, to Mueller, to, to, uh, uh, well, basically the entirety of the FBI and DOJ. And I would throw in there perhaps members of the FISA court, even judges at the judiciary, at the uh, U.S. district level, because did they know? Uh, that this was a bought and paid for dossier. So, bottom line here, it, it's, there's more to go. Leakers in here are saying that this is going to exist for a long time to come, and um, I, I still, okay, I'm still not convinced. No one, no one's convinced me yet that Mueller is operating, uh, you know, as, a, as an asset for uh, Donald Trump, or that Mueller is act, acting outside of the capacity of, of a, pol- a political agent, in my view, to continue this assault on, on our constitutional republic. No one's convinced me of that yet. Uh, show me evidence. Show me evidence by this. I I don't see any. But go ahead, Joe. Well, and this uh, is this a
1: public relations stunt? Many people are angry also that these indictments fall before the funerals even happened for the Florida victims, which I don't know how those two things relate. Could it have waited till Monday, possibly? But is this just a PR stunt? Is this Robert Mueller looking like he's you know doing something or trying to justify the investigation? These are some of the talking points that are Coming out about this and we Obviously will continue to follow it I have not read the Indictment yet this is something I'm going to do Probably uh, this weekend But the Bloomberg article states Mueller still investigating possible Collusion this according to the Leaker who you referenced Apparently they say this investigation Is going to continue for months And that they are still investigating The possibilities of potential obstruction of Justice by
0: Trump So this is not over process mm-hmm. crimes for, this is a, this is ridiculous. Again, this is an attempted takedown, and this is an assault against our liberties. And, and you know, again, I, I would just point people to our, our, uh, to, to my morning show, because to, to truly really understand how, how big this is. People are not thinking as big as they need to think. Um, one thing that, uh, of note as well.
1: You know, uh, we'll bring Austin Yeah,
0: a guy by the name of Del Von Heckard, He's a uh, Seattle-area guy who sued the mayor of Seattle, homosexual mayor of Seattle, Ed Murray, last year on allegations of sexual abuse that happened a number of years ago. He was found dead in a uh, uh, a Washington hotel room of a drug overdose. Just saying. Okay? Just saying. So uh, something to keep our eyes on there as well. Uh, You know, these things, uh, look, there's some really weird stuff going on out there with respect to the uh, the larger, in my view, pedigate, uh, uh, scandal, the pedigate, uh, crime spree by these, by these people in power. Just want to tell you that. And, and then, of course, you know, overlaps into, into everything else we're seeing. So throw that, all of those headlines. It's like trying to drink from a firehouse. So with that, tonight we've got Austin Brower opening up the program. Austin. Yeah, he's going to be with us bring, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And, let's um, bring, um, let's bring when we, uh, his
1: video. Ahead. Austin, we need video from you. Uh, Eric said that we, we got you connected, but we don't see you.
2: You can't see me on here?
0: Can you hear me? We can hear, you? can hear you fine, yeah.
2: Okay, I'm live on Skype as far as I can see you guys, but I guess
0: you can't see me. No, you, there's a camera button that you have to press, you know. Um, uh, you should see, like, a video camera yeah, with, a, with a line through it.
1: The Skype call. There will be four icons on the bottom. The one on the the far left. All right, we oh, got, we it. got it. There right, we
2: go. You all got it?
1: Yep. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, Perfect. all right. <laughs> nice change of pace to have you on first, Austin. Uh, yeah, talk. it's
2: definitely uh, it's awesome to be on the show with you guys again, as always. So let me get this camera lined up here. I wasn't quite. Now we got everything rolling. Yeah. So I mean, the uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on as always. You guys are talking about it here. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things going on that. First off, I've been trying to figure out down here in Florida what the heck just went on three hours south of me. I've been getting all types of different um responses back from people I've talked to with this entire uh, school shooting as Wednesday, which I'm sure you guys talked about it a lot in detail yesterday. But there's some really strange stuff with this whole thing. You know, I, I think this kid definitely had a role in it. But, again, this whole lone shooter narrative that they're pushing out again – Really, um, I'm not buying it at all. I mean, this kid doesn't he he's fitting this textbook school shooting template like a perfect glove. I mean, they're coming out now and they're saying he wanted to kill people, he said he wanted to be a mass murderer, a school shooter on social media. he's had all these issues, they've called him out to the house. he's on psychotropic drugs, which i don't I don't honestly doubt that at all. He looks like he's completely drugged out. But the thing that I noticed Wednesday when I started talking to people, especially yesterday, was that the whole narrative didn't make sense from the beginning of the shootings when they caught this kid. I've talked to multiple people. I've read multiple reports that the people that saw the shooter, whoever was actually shooting, said he was running a helmet, a gas mask with basically a mag carrier on, had numerous mags on him, and he was shooting. Through smoke grenades, multiple areas. And so basically what they're saying is this kid was running around, geared up, had a gas mask on. From who? everybody I've talked to in the research that I've done today, there's not a single eyewitness account of anybody that was in the school that actually saw this kid with a rifle discharging the firearm inside of the school. Now, Well, Austin, I, I, read,
1: one. I read a few that did see him. Uh, one that encountered him in the hallway just before he started firing where he said, you know, get out of here. It's going to get ugly. Something along those lines. And then I, there yeah. were a few other people who said that they saw him shooting. But one thing that's interesting, we saw a video come out of a, of a girl claiming that, uh, she was with the suspect when shooting broke out on the other side of the building. Now, from what right. I can tell, she is not a student at all. She's a 24 year old who's from Pennsylvania. Now, I have the information from her own Facebook page. It even says she's married, which I did not dig beyond that. But um there seems to be a credibility issue with that person. I don't know who interviewed her or where she came from, uh but her name is Alexa Med- Medink, uh, Medink, I think is her name. But, yeah, she's twenty in her mid-20s from Pennsylvania, says she's married on her Facebook page the only thing that she the only relation i see is that she says she's friends with a woman heather who's from the same hometown in pa who apparently died in the shooting but the girl that was interviewed is not a senior at that school
2: Great. So. yeah i looked some same stuff up that that whole interview with her really didn't make any sense to me either because she basically was discussing how she talked to this kid in the hallway yeah. um this kid's been expelled he wasn't even supposed to be at the school so as far as him being involved in it, it definitely seems plausible. However, like I said, this, the narrative they're saying is basically this kid was running around shooting everybody, then suddenly ditched his gear, and then meshed in with a group that yeah. was going outside, got outside with the kids, and then basically disappeared, and then they picked him up in the next town over, I think Cape Coral or whatever it was. Yeah, said he
1: went, you said he went the Subway to get a drink, yeah. and then he stopped at McDonald's, and then they caught him in that, that neighborhood. And he since confess, And a few right. things that are odd is usually in these cases we see that the shooter ends their own life, more often than not, I'd say probably 75% of the time, or the police kill them. But interestingly, he is still alive.
2: And the part that kind of, like, it made me kind of question a lot of this from the beginning was the fact that was this kid that advanced as far as with his tactics and his Capacity. They're saying that he basically was mildly autistic. He's on medication. They said he heard demons that tell him to do this stuff, but yet he's so proficient he's able to come onto the school grounds as somebody that's already been expelled with a bag of gear, gear up, pop smoke, start shooting people, dissipate all of his gear and pull his mask off, and then men back in with a group, get out of the school as it's being locked down and there's SWAT and cops everywhere. And then get over to the next town and then go eat, drink, do whatever he wants. Chill out. The cops show up. He doesn't even show any resistance. I don't know, man. The whole situation just seems quite odd to me. And then there's a video that I saw that I still haven't been able to really get any true feedback. And that's why I want to ask you guys, it to see what it was. There's a helicopter footage of like four local law enforcement officers coming out of the backside of of the school.
1: With those two bags they throw on the back of the truck, it looks like one big heavy thing.
2: Well, then there's like another bag that almost looks like a plate carrier, like it's a chest rig. But the thing is, they're all wearing armor and yep. they're all geared up, and they're not SWAT. They're SWAT in the state of Florida out in the about north. They're usually in all OD green. You can see them in some of the photos at the school. The SWAT teams are in OD green. They got full IoTV body armor on. They're, they're loaded for bear. These guys look like local PD. And you can tell by their body position and the way they're walking that these bags are extremely heavy. Yeah. They're pulling it out of the back. Then they throw it in the back of a pickup truck, and the truck takes off. And the truck's throwing stuff out the, the window,
1: back. too, whatever that yeah. is. I don't know.
2: What Have you, have you guys heard? I've not been able to get any legitimate background on that as far as – I know that's not standard operating procedure if they were moving evidence out of the school. I don't know if it was extra gear or breaching material, but it seemed quite odd to me at the pace they were moving and throwing in the back of a truck randomly.
0: Yeah, you know, look, I don't have any specific. Joe, you were, you saw.
1: Yeah, you I'm gonna it. Fu- pull up the video for my dad to watch because I don't think he's, okay. he's seen yeah. this. But uh it was, I definitely it really saw odd. when I saw this yesterday. It did make me uh, take pause and watch it again. You know, I don't know what kind of equipment that would be so heavy where four guys are carrying out these two bags and right. Um, you know, you know, jacking them up on this truck, but um it is strange nonetheless. Uh, that 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 video is probably. Um, has left me scratching my head more than anything else in the shooting. I believe it, there was one shooter. Uh, I believe that this kid methodically planned to carry this out. I learned that he was involved in these school shooting drills when he was attending school there. So I'm sure he understood, yep. um, the logistics and the best way to, um, get people to be vulnerable. And apparently he targeted specific classrooms. The sheriff put out a timeline, said he went, you know, to, uh, these certain rooms 12 13 14 and 16 and then went to you know twelve thirty-four, twelve thirty-eight, or something like that and then ditches ditches gun ditches gear and blended in with the students now i've seen conflicting reports one that he was wearing gas masks and smoke grenades i don't know if they've backed off any of those at all but it is a uh very tragic and unfortunate event nonetheless and i'm sure well, even there where you're you yeah. are hitting more close to home than anything else and yeah. uh And the warnings, you see, what really bugs me is the FBI had two separate attempts to stop this person or at least flag his file. So if a gun purchase was attempted to be made, they could be consulted or, or be in the know about that. Instead, you know, him posting about being a professional shooter on YouTube and then the FBI receiving a tip six weeks before it happened of a person close to the kid saying he's going to kill people. He's going to shoot up a school. And they did not follow up on that and then the cops be coming through his house 39 times in the last seven years, (laughs) expelled from school for disciplinary reasons, on and on and on and on. It seems that he fell through every crack. And even when the sheriff says, you know, you see something, say something, many people said something, and nothing was done. So this is a fault of all the way around, uh, the school, the authorities, the FBI, and, you know, probably the, the background check system and everything else.
2: Well, and and What makes it also odd to me, especially when we know the background of what we have seen the FBI do with intentionally setting up terroristic attacks, allowing them to basically go all the way through, even to the point of giving individuals dummy C4 detonators, bombs, stuff like that, and allowing them to kind of go into fruition, it makes me kind of wonder, and again, this is just speculating, if they almost knew this kid possibly was planning it and may have some way helped him out or encouraged him or at least did not do anything about it and kind of watched it from the sidelines because this is one thing that really threw me off this week about it. I talked about it on the show on Tuesday before this shooting ever happened. On Monday morning, my wife Lana, she stays at home with the kids right now because Kendall's like three weeks, four weeks old. She's a little baby, so Lana stays at home pretty much most of the day. And she flipped on Bay News 9 to watch the weather, which is our local... Um, Central Florida News. And for about a 10-minute expose, they, they had multiple legislators from Florida, like Florida Senate, going into detail about the assault weapon bill, the HB-219, that hasn't gone anywhere, which is assault weapons ban. It's almost a full textbook copy of the California assault weapons ban. And she actually videotaped it on her phone and sent it to me while I was at work. And this guy was just going on and on about how we don't want to have any more shootings. Our kids don't deserve this. The people in Florida don't deserve this. There's no reason for civilians to have weapons of war. Now, this is Monday in central Florida, about three hours north of where this happened. And he's going on and on and on about all this stuff. And she sends it to me, and I talked about it, and I thought it was quite odd because they do have two bills on the floor they've been trying to push, the HB-219 assault weapons and large capacity magazine ban. And the HB 221, which is basically a full gun registration that they're trying to push here in Florida, which both of those are nightmares. Same thing they have in California. And so I find it remarkably odd. This is broadcasted all over Central Florida. It may have been broadcasted in other areas of Florida. I don't know. I can't verify. I just saw it in Central Florida and just going on about how the kids don't need this. The civilians don't need this. The weapons of war don't need to be like this on the streets. And then just randomly this shooting happens. That This kid supposedly has had all this background, all these signs, like you said. He's talked about it. They've been to his house 39 times. He's like the textbook school shooter, and they never even bothered to go out and really even significantly question him or detain him, or like you said, flag a gun purchase or wonder why this kid wants to buy an AR-15. And then we have, as soon as the shooting happens, this supposed white supremacy group that we have down here in Florida comes out and says, oh yeah, he's part of our basically neo-Nazi group, which was completely and totally a lie. He wasn't part of that at all. I don't honestly even believe that this guy even said that. I think it was completely and totally made up because when you start looking at the fact that we also have H.R. uh, 4918 that got introduced into the Senate, the House, on February 2nd, which is called the... Domestic Terrorist Bill uh, Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2018 and it goes on to say this, the first sentence in section 2 of findings, Congress finds the following, white supremacists and other right-wing extremists are the most significant domestic terrorism threat facing the United States H.R. 419, you can go online and look it up online.
1: Oh, I believe it
2: (laughs) Yeah, so you see these assault weapon bans trying to go through, they only have like three more weeks in Florida to pass them you see this domestic terrorist bill trying to go through, and now all of a sudden we have this, like, textbook school shooter gets an AR-15, which is like, you know, I mean, it's it's the gun that they want to ban, and does all this stuff, and it just falls into such a perfect narrative. I have a hard time believing there was no background, there was no foreknowledge of the FBI. They had no idea this kid was going to do it, and it just happened and caught everybody off guard when all this stuff happened preceding it up this week. That's that's pretty much my take on it.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, as you said, this guy was a textbook school shooter. He yeah. set off every indicator, every red flag. The authorities were notified, uh, both the local, the uh, federal authorities were notified. And the, from the social media posts with him with all weapons to, uh, you know, his comments, I'm going to be a shooter, uh, a professional shooter. To other people calling the FBI on him uh, Before this even transpired The system seems to to fail people like this And remember the, the shooter in the Texas church uh, Just a few months ago The Sutherland Springs Church That guy was dishonorably discharged For assaulting yeah. his wife He was never supposed to be able to buy a gun But the background uh, check system Failed to uh, flag him And I don't remember if that's the Background system check's fault Or if it was the uh, army the army's fault for not. I think
0: that's the NICS us uh, but that, we see yeah.
1: we see this all the time. Uh, the, these yeah. failures in um, you know people being able or people able to buy guns who sh- technically should not be able to buy guns, and here we are, you know, and they turn around. The media obviously didn't take you know ten minutes before this event unfolded for them to completely go off the rails into gun control, even yeah. promoting students are interviewing to ask Trump to. You know, ban guns It's really hard to watch that stuff But it's, uh, you know, as long as there's that extreme Extreme belief on both sides uh, The left and the right uh, That, you know, nothing can ever be done From the right side and the left side Is do we have to ban everything Nobody's ever going to accomplish anything As far as common sense ways to try to uh, Mitigate these types of things from happening again
2: And and you're absolutely right. And, I mean, the the liberal media went full force as soon as it happened. Like you said, they even came out with a complete and total lie from the uh, New York Daily News, ABC News. They all came out. You guys probably saw this. They said there have been basically 18 school shootings in 2018 already. And what happened was, I mean, even multiple – I mean, NBC, ABC picked it up. I mean, just running their mouths about this. And then when you actually broke it down – there were a bunch of weird incidences, like one guy was in a parking lot of an abandoned school and committed suicide in his car. They counted that as one of them. There was another one where somebody, a, a kid was basically touching the gun of a police officer to school, and there was a negligent discharge. There was another one where somebody basically was on a college campus and discharged uh, celebratory rounds up in the air after a basketball game. A bunch of incidences like this, but it didn't matter. They came out and said there's been 18 school shootings already yeah. this year, six weeks, and completely skewed it. I talked to somebody, and they started arguing. Oh, no, there's been 18 shootings. It's yeah. insane that there's this many guns rolling around. And I'm like, there hasn't been 18 school shootings. There was another all.
1: report that said, that even doubled that number, said there was 32 this yeah. year. And I don't know where that stat came from, but the Washington Post even uh, yeah. had the gall to point this out to say, you know, this, these, uh, numbers are skewed and they're not taking into account, uh, accidental discharges or suicides or things like that. So they even had, uh, uh, you know, they stepped up and told the truth. But yeah, they, this is what happens. This be, just like anything else in our society from this Black Panther movie to school shootings, everything is hyper politicized and along yep. partisan lines. And people are only thinking along the lines of their, their party talking points. And it really, It's like all common sense and individual thought is lost.
2: Well, and you're right, because uh, these liberals want to say, well, we need more gun control. We need assault weapons bans. We need all this stuff. But as you guys just pointed out a second ago, we already have background checks on the books to make sure people that are having issues mentally or on significant amount of drugs or under psychiatric care or having health issues that are very extreme. Shouldn't be allowed to buy guns, just like in Texas. He was dishonorably discharged. Shouldn't have been able to buy a gun. He bought a gun. This guy's the same thing. Bought a gun. So they want to sit there and ban guns. And it's so funny when somebody kills somebody in a vehicle, fatality, DUI. Guy's drunk, kills somebody, blah, blah, blah. What do they say? Guy needs to go to jail. Manslaughter, DUI. Do they say... Well, we really need to evaluate the legality of driving vehicles. We really need to discuss banning vehicles right now. Same thing with knives. Somebody gets butchered with a machete. Do we go, well, we really need to discuss putting common sense laws on the books for knives so not anybody can just go in and buy a knife? No. The guy gets charged attempted murder. The knives not knife's fault. And I said on the show the other day jokingly, said, I will be the first person if my Glock 19 over here jumps up, turns around, shoots at me and tries to kill me by itself, I'll be the first person to come out and say, hey we gotta start banning these nutbag guns they're completely off the rails, they're out of control they're completely sick, we have to start banning them, but that's never happened in the history of firearms, nor will it ever happen, so we have to start looking at why do we have so many kids on psychotropic drugs? Why are we the most heavily medicated society in the world? Why do we sell more pharmaceuticals in this country than almost every other country combined? Nobody wants to address that at all. Yet, everybody just wants to go, oh, it's the gun's fault. No, maybe when you start looking at why these people are on so many drugs and they can go to the doctor and get four, five, six, scheduled two pharmaceutical drugs and stay on them for years on end, and nobody thinks that's a problem at all. That's what we have to start addressing. It's funny, a kid said something the other day about, you know, well, this didn't happen back in the 70s and 80s that much. And I said, you know what's funny about that is It was actually really easy to buy fully automatic belt-fed machine guns in the 70s. You just had to go to the store and pay your tax stamp. The ATF ran it through in like 30 days, and you had belt-fed weaponry. I didn't see anybody shooting schools up with belt-fed machine guns in the 70s or 80s. I don't think that's actually ever occurred with a legal machine gun. Yet, we have machine guns that are completely banned. Now we want to take it a next step further and ban semi-automatic rifles, all because these guys fall through a legal system that's already set in place and go commit numerous crimes like murder, which is already illegal, when they're on multiple drugs that they shouldn't even be on, yet it's the law-abiding citizen's fault and we need to have our weapons taken from us basically at force it is completely ridiculous.
1: No, it is. And one of the things, as you said, that I never talked about here is the psychiatric and, and pharmaceutical components to this where <laughs> uh, you know the, the pharmaceutical industry owns so much of the advertising on cable TV yep. and on many of these networks where they're not even allowed to talk about this and even you know the video games and other things. I don't believe video yeah. games really have much to do with it, but uh these th- this is one thing that's never quite it's always the guns. No, I do. It's I, never
0: video the, games though. But go on. It's yeah. always
1: the guns. And it's um, really aggravating when you know you get these half truths and, and shallow arguments. But that we have to look. So many of these mass shooters have had uh you know were on these SSRIs and not only that, some of the interesting notes, this guy said he heard demons. If you remember the shooter at the Fort Lauderdale Airport just about a year ago, yep. he went into the Alaska Anchorage Alaska FBI field office, turned himself in, yep. said that the C- he was hearing voices, and the CIA was forcing him to join ISIS, trying yep. to get help and They had him walk out the door. He later goes and shoots up an airport. Many other people have claimed to hear voices that James Holmes, the Colorado theater shooter, was a schizophrenic, and he was on uh, medications. And this is a, Adam Lanza, the, the Sandy Hook shooter, was on was heavily medicated. And this is a common thread among these shootings.
0: But it's uh, never talked from the guns, about. Yeah, aside from the guns, this is the the most common uh, theme here is the psychotropic yeah. drugs, is the mind altering SSRIs. That's and we need that's where we need to uh, focus our attention. I, this is not a gun issue. This is a people issue. Right, people have been right. killing
1: people forever before guns were even invented. And, Austin, as you said, we've had guns in this country since its inception, and we never had a problem like this where you had people, you know, just massacring rooms of people just because they they didn't feel right or, you know, they went off the deep end. I believe it's a spiritual battle at at, at its core. But, you know, as you said, in the 60s, 70s, machine-fed uh, or belt-fed machine guns, fully automatic, and we never had these types of problems. And it has since, you know, since Columbine, and even when I was in high school, we didn't ever think about school shooters. But now, yeah, it's a it's common practice, it seems, and I believe they're going to continue. Well,
2: obviously. yeah, there, there was a, there was a photo, and I saw it uh, the other day. I posted it. I did some research on it, and it was pretty accurate. It was a photo of a student and a teacher from 1973 sitting outside of a classroom. Each school, the teacher and the student. Student was a senior. The other teacher was sitting there, both with pump action shotguns. And it was up north, and basically what had happened was somebody had called in and said that they were going to go to the school and shoot everybody. So the seniors and the teachers went out to their cars, went out to their trucks, got their shotguns, got their handguns, and basically took intervals between classes and between breaks at guarding the entrances of the school. Now, of course, no shooter ever showed up. Was he deterred? I don't know. But when you sit there and you take the ability – of law-abiding citizens to protect themselves, and this is, you know, one aspect of it that a lot of people are very mixed emotions on, including myself. Do I think every teacher needs to be walking around with a handgun? Probably not. There's a lot of them that probably can't handle the situation if we're to arise. But if you have people like, you know, I think it was the football coach or whatever that ended up helping a bunch of these kids get out of the way and then took a bunch of rounds down there in Florida on Wednesday. If you have some very, you know, stringent adults that know how to handle firearms, they are comfortable handling firearms, and they want to start taking close-quarter combat classes, active shooter combat classes, and stay licensed up every year, and they say, listen, I would feel comfortable. I'll apply for this. I want to be able to carry a concealed handgun on my person. Nobody needs to know about it in the school except for you know, the faculty and the professors, the, you know the principals. This is something we're going to promote. We're not going to walk around with machine guns or body armor. But we're going to at least have ourselves moderately armed and carry on a daily basis, and we're going to have a license to do so and protect the students and the faculty if something were to arise, I think that's an awesome setup. You have the second amendment there for a reason. We have the ability to protect ourselves and our kids at any time. You know, it's funny. The president's protected by guns. Legislators, Congress, Senate, they're all protected by guns. Malls are protected by security with guns. Banks are, you know, taken care of with guns. Jewelry stores, watch stores, They're all protected by guys with guns. The one place that we have almost our most precious belongings at, our most precious, now I have two kids, ah, it really hits home, our most precious belongings at are our schools, that we essentially trust the state to send our kids there for the majority of their weekly life to be educated, which most education now in public schools is garbage, that's a whole other topic, but we send them there with the idea that they're going to be protected, and then we say, hey, We're going to protect you guys by putting up a really big sign that says this is a gun-free zone. If you come here and shoot anybody, we're going to call the cops and we're going to have you arrested for carrying a gun on the premises. Are you really kidding me right now? Every single other aspect of our lives, including money, banks, jewelry, presidents, legislators, everybody, are protected by guns. But yet our children are not allowed to legally be protected by guns at any given time whatsoever. That really bothers me because then you look at Israel, you look at Switzerland, the two countries that still allow civilian possession of fully automatic machine guns by their civilian personnel. They don't have regular school shootings by crazed people. In fact, in Israel, the teachers can carry their firearm of choice while they're teaching legally. And the state endorses it. But they don't ever have guys coming in with AR-15s and shooting up 20, 30, 40, 50 kids at a time. Why? Because they're going to get lit up as soon as they come into the school because they know half the people in their armed. This is something that needs to be addressed. Instead of saying we need to take more guns away from the people, we need to restrict more firearm access. We need to make sure that nobody has the ability to protect themselves. Why don't we say, why don't we look at this from a strategic, tactical standpoint? Okay, maybe we need to start protecting our most precious assets with, like, force. Because if they go ban these guns, they start saying in Florida now, okay, you guys have to turn in your AR-15s. You've got to turn in your large-capacity magazines. Most of us are going to tell them to pound salt. And it's going to turn a large percentage of Floridians into felons overnight. And that's just going to be a really bad time for everybody involved, including any law enforcement that wants to follow the unconstitutional laws that our legislators are forcibly pushing against us. So why don't we work with the public and allow them to protect our children with teachers and professors and principals that can be legally armed, that are trained to handle these exact scenarios. It's always funny to me when they have these active shooter drills at school They bring SWAT team in. They bring the police department in. They make all the kids single file out the door while the police are basically guarding and searching the rooms with their SWAT team. The problem is, the most idiotic part of these active shooter drills... The SWAT team doesn't live at the school. The police department doesn't live at the school. There's anywhere from a 2 to a 15-minute response time just for local law enforcement to get to any given school in the state of Florida, depending on how rural it is. And they want to say, well, this is the protocol. You hide under the desk until the SWAT team gets there. What happens if the SWAT team doesn't show up for 30 minutes like happened down there in Florida? There's nothing you can do. So, yeah, that's that's, that's you know, my take on
1: a lot of it, man. And we've talked about a lot of these options from arming teachers, which obviously unions are going to have a problem with that. Many teachers might not feel comfortable. Other people say that, you know, well, if you get a teacher that's armed and they engage in a school shooter, you're going to have that crossfire. But obviously any line of defense uh, that people can take, as we saw in this shooting, the high school football coach who uh, doubled as a security guard, Actually, saved the number of students' life by using himself as a human shield or getting students in the room and, uh, you know, keeping the shooter out of the room. And that's unfortunate. But people like that also, uh, you know, should be armed. I, I can tell you if I was a student today, I wouldn't want to go to school without concealed carrying just for the yeah. safety of it. But, you know, a lot of people are going to say this is not the, uh, this is not a solution that we, we can take. But there are a lot of questions here, you know, when, even at the high school that's down the street that here is here where we live, about 2,500 students, you really can't get in the school when the school's going on unless you come through the front door. And even then you have to be, uh, buzzed in and checked in and all this stuff. And yeah, people can probably blast their way through those doors. But, you know, it's just those extra layers of defense and maybe personnel that there's personnel there that they know, uh, are armed. Any deterrent. Most of the times these shootings happen in gun free zones. And there is nobody there who uh, can meet that force with equal force when the shootings happened. What happened? So um, there, there's a lot of room for for changes to be made on all sides of this. And just even as a, uh, I guess you'd say a side effect of what happened in Florida, even here where we live in Erie, Pennsylvania, there was articles today about extra police presence outside of schools and you know uh, at the school's front doors because of this heightened state of uh, alert and sheriffs are asking for the power to detain students based solely off of uh, social media posts, people posing with guns to to making threats. So there really is a heightened sense of security. This is not a good uh, idea.
0: I mean, that's not a good idea in my view. Austin, your thoughts on that? I mean, you you cannot arrest someone for for the freedom of speech, regardless of how hyperbolic it is. Non-threatening, that is. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I'm, I'm exactly with you on that, Doug, because wh- the issue that I have with this, because I saw this article today, actually. Sheriff in Florida shooting calls for power to detain over social media. Right there. I had The article already pulled up. The issue that I have with this is where does the line start getting drawn? Does it start getting, okay, well, somebody had an argument over social media, so we're going to go detain them? Or is it somebody basically makes a threatening posture? Somebody says, I have a gun. I'm going to go detain them. Somebody says, I want to shoot a school up. I'm going to go detain them. If you start having everybody that makes an aggressive comment on social media get detained, you basically are starting to go back to the same thing Europe's involved in right now where they're they're going in and if you say something on social media about the Muslim invasion in Germany. Or you go in and say, I don't agree with my daughter being raped by Muslims. I want to defend myself with a firearm. Law enforcement's at your door within a few hours, and they're either going to arrest you, detain you, or haul you off or charge you. I understand the fact, like you said, if, it's a, if somebody starts saying, I'm going to come over to your house right now, or I'm planning on going to the school tomorrow, and I'm bringing an AR-15 with a backpack full of 500 rounds and 15 mags loaded for bear, and I'm going to shoot up everybody in the school, All right, obviously, we need to probably take that seriously and look into it, but there has to be a really very specific line that is drawn with this that it just doesn't start overreaching into a more tyrannical police state. As Joe just said, schools all over the country, including in your state, have local law enforcement stationed outside of them. Do we really need local law enforcement at every single school all the time being policing and military powers? I don't think so. This professor, this uh, teacher that was basically the uh, high school football coach doubling as security, if he just had something simply as a Glock 19 on his side with one or two extra mags that he carried concealed, when this guy showed up, whoever was behind the mask, I don't know, it may have been this kid, it probably was, but I don't know, I wasn't there, when he showed up, he could have instead of pushing these kids out of the way and saving them, which was heroic, but instead of getting lit up as a human shield, He could have engaged this guy with force. He may have gotten shot, but he could have dropped him on the spot. And who knows how many lives he could have saved. So instead of relying on this as far as law enforcement to basically go in and start policing us now on social media, start policing our schools like we live in the Gestapo era again, start coming in and searching bags and detaining people just on anything they post on social media or any way that they look, I really think we need to start looking at real, true security measures that can be easily implemented and doable on a daily basis. We can't keep law enforcement posted up at every school in the country 24-7. It's not physically feasible. We don't have the manpower to do so, and plus, that is not their role. Private security doubling as teachers, professors, security at local schools handled by local municipalities, funded by local tax dollars is what we need not adding in more of a Gestapo police state to force our kids and indoctrinate them into thinking that they have to be good little slaves and the military police that come in are the all-powerful, basically key holders, and we have to follow everything they say. That starts going back down that line that I'm, you're dealing with a tyrannical government that comes in and controls anything and everything you do. I'm not a fan of that either.
1: No, and again, Austin, there's so many things that, that need to be changed, maybe refined, and new systems of, of security and deterrence put into place. Uh, and we should take whatever we can get, whether it's one teacher, five teachers in, in yeah. schools that want to carry. Uh, if you can get, you know, a security guard who'd want to carry. Things like this are, are a start. The background checks, the, the medication, the indicators of what uh, these students or what you know sets these students off or the red flags that we saw with the YouTube and the tips to the FBI. It was a, a failure all around, and it should not happen, especially when there's this much warning, this many red flags and it's um it's really uh unfortunate and What do you think about the Governor of Florida asking or saying the FBI director should resign over their failure to follow up on this?
2: I saw that today briefly right before the show. I was trying to go through some stuff i um I almost feel like somebody's scapegoating somebody here. I really don't understand at this point in time. I mean, this is like, what, two days after the shooting? I mean, this is – there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah. Um, pulling this card and being like, you need to resign. You failed to do your duty. Granted, that may be, if we investigate this, that may be something that it needs to happen. I'm not disagreeing with it, but I really don't know if it's something that needs to happen right now. We're two days after right. a horrific Florida shooting where – Kids aren't coming home to their families because, in my opinion, of negligent gun laws that are already on the books and negligent security procedures that should have already been followed years ago. There's no reason at all that we can't have at least one to two off-duty security guards, private security detail, retired veteran contractors, professors that are... Able to handle this, teachers that are able to handle this on the premises at all times. They're doing that at churches all over the place in Florida now. After that Texas shooting, that school, uh, that church shooting, they've come in now and the local sheriff's department is actually giving classes for free on the few volunteers that want to be in the church. They're limited to a couple people that are basically, you know, deacons, people that are involved in the church regularly that want to be involved in it, that are proficient with firearm training or have police or military background. They're saying, hey, we want you to be identified in the church as basically a security. We want you to be armed. If there's an active shooter threat, this is how we're going to handle it. And they do force-on-force training basically either with airsoft or the simmunition rounds, which are incredibly good to train with, by the way, in the church in the exact scenario of what something could happen. They play through all the roles. How hard is that to do at a school? They're already doing active shooter drills in these schools that obviously, as we see right now, are completely and totally useless. They did absolutely nothing to deter this. In fact, they may have given this kid more of an out and more knowledge on how to get away with this because he knew exactly the exits of the buildings they were going to use. He knew how they were going to file out. He knew all the operating procedures. Bet money if this kid knew there were two or three armed security or off-duty contractors or teachers that were in the school that were armed. He knew he was going to engage deadly force and receive rounds when he tried to give them at this school and he entered it. Bet money he would have thought twice about doing this. As with any person that wants to go in, there's a reason why these shootings keep happening in gun-free zones. That's something that liberals never want to pick up and address. Gun-free zones. Aurora, gun-free zone. Sandy Hook, gun-free zone. Vegas shooting was at a concert. I found out, and I was double-checked, and Vegas is very stringent about their gun laws. That was a gun-free zone in the concert. Another gun-free zone on Wednesday. This is a regular occurrence, and nobody wants to address the real fact that people can't legally arm themselves or carry a firearm legally in any of these areas. That's where there's always a mass shooting. So let's put 1 plus 1 equals 2 together and say maybe we need to start looking at ways for civilians to protect themselves instead of preventing more ways for civilians to protect themselves with more illegal, unconstitutional gun laws that really, we already have too many gun laws on the books, and they can't even keep up with them. NCIS can't even keep up with the gun laws as far as making sure these guys that are mentally ill don't get guns. So why are we going to ban the ban law-abiding citizens from being able to possess them?
0: Yeah, Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned something early on. Look, we have to prepare, I think, our, our schools, our institutions, not just for these, uh, these, 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 uh, SSRI affected, uh, young people. That's a problem, absolutely. But we also have to realize that, you know, even, even today, the threat from, uh, Islamic, uh, terrorists. Yeah. Okay. And look, Bezlin, you know, b- back a number of years ago, um, look at the number of shootings as well. That had uh, an Islamic component to it. You've got uh, these school plans in, in, posted on, on Arabic language mes- message boards and such. Uh, we need to we need to think bigger than we're thinking. Yeah. in this respect. Yes. Yeah,
2: and I mean, there, there was a reason why the founding fathers, when they put the Second Amendment together, it was very clear: the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. You didn't see a dot 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 section B on here. Well, that can be infringed in school zones or any areas that we deem necessary. There was none of that. The whole aspect of what our gun rights give us with the Second Amendment is to be able to travel freely and protect ourselves freely against any given threat. And the problem is now we've trained this young generation to be so dependent on the government for everything from the food stamps to all the support with the health care, everything now. He's geared the younger generation to believe the government is here to take care of you from birth till death. They provide everything you need for you. They protect you. They give you security. You need to rely on them for everything. When it's the complete opposite, the government there is simply to hold their government together. The background, the laws, and the statutes that are constitutionally based are there to be enforced, and the rest of it needs to be left to the local civilians and the local militias or local law enforcement, if that's what you want to refer to them now, and say, hey, we want to work together. We don't want to be victims. We don't want to wait on security from SWAT to show up. We want to be proactive. So the biggest thing that I can start saying to these local schools, and I'm probably going to address this with Sheriff Grady Judd next week because Dad's friends with him. Why are we not going in and discussing with our local schools in Polk County? This can be done all over Florida. This can be done in every single state and every single county in the entire U.S. Sit down with the heads of these schools, with the school boards, and say gun laws aren't working. Restricting these guns aren't working. We need to come in and start setting up security parameters for individuals that are fully vetted, that have the ability and experience to protect our young children and bring them in here. So I'm going to start working on that next week in our county. And that's what everybody has to start doing in every county throughout every state and start saying, listen, We need to have security on site. We don't need SWAT. We don't need police roaming the rooms with AR-15s like a police state. We need local concealed carry that have the means, the ability, and the, the efficiency to handle one of these situations effectively as possible. And I think right there, if you start doing that, you would see these school shootings completely and totally stop, at least in the ones that have the security. Because nobody wants to go do a school shooting and get resistance. That's just a fact. Nobody wants to go into a school and then get shot back at. That's not fun. You know, it's, you mentioned something earlier, Doug, about the video games. And this has always been a very debated topic because a lot of people don't realize the CIA and a lot of the black ops through the Pentagon have developed a lot of these first-person shooter games. Now, in most cases, in full-grown adults, These are very good training simulators for live fire, active theater combat as far as for making yourself engaged faster, faster trigger response. They've actually done tests on this when they actually have legitimate video game consoles and guns built into them as far as your reaction time, your trigger time. and training them, you can be more effective and more combat effective by playing these games. The issue that we're seeing now, though, when you start combining A, young children that have not reached anywhere near concrete rational thought, a lot of them haven't even gone into puberty yet, combined with multiple different drugs like Xanax, Zoloft, Prozac, you name it, all these psychotropic drugs, and then you combine them with these first-person, very realistic shooter games, you have a situation where it may not cause this kid ever to want to go commit a mass shooting. But what you do is you fully desensitize them in the situation. There was a video game years ago; it's called Modern Warfare 2. I played it multiple times on one of my friends' Xbox 360 consoles. And there's one level on there where you're working undercover as a CIA agent. I kid you not; you can look this up. You're working as an undercover CIA agent with a Russian terroristic organization, and you go into an airport. All of you guys are loaded up with body armor and fully automatic belt-fed machine guns. The one you have in the video game, if I'm not mistaken, is an M240. It's a 308 belt-fed. And you go in, and your overall goal is to kill as many unarmed civilians as you can and move through the entire airport killing as many people as possible and then extract yourself at the end with the group. And it's all designed to be used as a false flag terroristic shooting to get a war started. You can look at this on Modern Warfare 2. It's the exact diagram. So when you start taking a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13-year-old, you start putting them in front of a video game where they literally – the goal of the video game is to run an automatic weapon through an airport shooting as many civilians as possible, tie that in with giving them all types of different drugs, and then tell them when they get older, this is bad. You shouldn't go shoot people when they've done this for the last 10 years of their life. And a lot of these kids come home at 4 or 5 o'clock after school. They sit on these video games till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. They spend more time in front of the video games than they do with their family or school combined – And then we wonder why they have no remorse when they go kill 40, 50 people. They're sitting there going, what was wrong with that? I've done that for the last decade on Modern Warfare 2. And that's just one example of one video game that I played. There's video games now. I mean, I don't really play video games, but there's ones now that I've seen. The first-person graphics are so real and so advanced, I have a hard time even telling what's real and what's computer-generated. And I'm a 30-year-old adult. Imagine that from a 9- or 10-year-old's perspective
0: the desensitization uh yes. desensitizing the the young children uh is really an issue and as you said the the um ssris act as a, a force multiplier in these yes. cases. Yep. you know Absolutely. and and you're looking at a, just a, a but, but you know the pharmaceutical companies who benefits from all this obviously yep. and, and who's funneling all of this the, the, the violence of course within these re- reality uh games the um the, the drugs, all of this, who benefits? You know, the, 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 the lobotomized liberals talk about the NRA, the money there, but fail to even turn their attention to the actual, uh, the actual reasons behind all of this or the, the, um, uh, the more causative factors here that we're seeing. So you, you make a, make a lot of good points. And, and of course, this is on people's minds, you know, and, and as we're, what, uh, three days out from this, uh, this event or two days, two and a half days out from this event. So. Very, very well stated. A lot of things, but but you know what? I look at Israel too, how they have their security in their schools. Very interesting. Where, yeah, no one's going to be coming in and, and uh, doing a Beslan kind of uh, attack on Israeli schools, or or you know the what we see here. Uh, so there's a lot of components, I think, uh, Austin, to what we're what we're seeing here. We're a couple of minutes away from the, the top of the hour break. Okay. Uh, um, Uh, I want to. Yeah, I got about a minute. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the clock here. I got about, yeah, a little over a minute.
1: And Austin, you're going to be with us for the first half hour in the next hour, correct?
0: Next segment.
2: Uh, Yeah, next 30 minute session, I'll still be with you guys. So I got some pretty interesting health stuff, too, that I've been doing some research on today, including the uh, genetically modified salmon and a few other things that basically I've been doing research on for the last year or so and I'm trying to get updated and stay updated with it because I told all our listeners and your listeners, you know, we always try to bring you guys new health stuff and especially our take on it from a non-biased
3: standpoint.
1: And I'd like to ask you about uh, some of the things we're seeing about the flu Uh, with people losing fingers and limbs and getting sepsis. I just want a a quick take on uh, is this normal? Is this something we see in extreme flu seasons? I know in 1918, the Spanish flu Epidemic that this was
0: seen also. They compare it to narcotitis. Yeah, back in the 70s, the swine flu, you know, the uh, yeah. Hong Kong this,
1: flu. Because, uh, you know, you're seeing very healthy people going through this and almost dying in a very short window. So we'll pick up on all this on the other side with Austin Brewer. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to this Friday edition of the Hagman Report.
0: Welcome back to this edition of the Hagman Report uh for Friday, the sixteenth day of February, twenty eighteen. My goodness, so many headlines! Again, just recapping the news. Of course, we had thirteen in- indictments today by the Mueller investigation—all Russian, Russian entities, Russian individuals. Are they going to ex- no collusion? Extra uh, you know, I, look. I, <laughs> you know, right now I'm going to read the paperwork behind it. I want to see all of this behind it before I even. Get involved in this, but but one thing that's not being talked about is the potential collusion of or the per, uh, perversion of perhaps, or the um, um, using of the FISA court. Don't forget, I I went over this in my morning show today. Okay, 1975, the Church Committee talked about the uh, uh, abuses of the CIA. I mean, the big big it, it, well, it made all the papers back then. It made the news back then, and now we're having the. Seeing the same thing th- 43 years later, uh, with respect to the, uh, the Nunes, the House Intelligence or House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and the Senate Judiciary Committee, as well as the House Intelligence Committee, three different committees in Congress looking at the abuses that are going on and had gone on. What's changed? Aside from 43 years, it's a, hey, the Democrats back then that launched the Church Committee, Frank Church from Idaho. Now it's, of course, Nunes, Goodlot, and, uh, uh, you know who i'm talking about those people right uh grassley thank you so that's uh, the only thing that's changed is really the um um nothing how's that nothing has changed so keep your eye on that i'm going to be uh, i'm going to be doing some reporting on that this weekend for sure and uh, now with uh, now with us is austin Brewer, of course immensely popular show uh, the Ted and Austin Brewer Show airs weekdays right here on the Gold Star Radio Network. I want to thank you for joining us. And, uh, by the way, Austin, I gotta tell you something right here. Yes, sir. This stuff. Alright, let me hear this right here. I don't know if you can see this or not, folks. The tension factor. Alright, this is my, this is my favorite stuff. Alright, I don't leave home without it. I don't leave the studio without it. Uh, I, I, look, I, I swear by this stuff. This is a tension factor. And I gotta tell you, this is this stuff right here. It, 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 it it's, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's good stuff. It, it, this is good stuff. It really is. <laughs> um, you talk about mental clarity. Although don't take it from me and certainly don't use me as an example because you'll be saying, well, what mental clarity? Your mind's like mush. But seriously, Attention Factor is a great product. So I just wanted to punch that in there. Well, I I, I
2: I appreciate it. I'm glad you like it. And we we put that together, you know, and right now also too for the listeners, we went ahead and activated the Doug 5, D-O-U-G 5 coupon. So it's 5% off all regular items, including the Attention Factor. But what's interesting about that is it's got theocrine in it, which is a patented new uh, product that's been around for a while. It's a plant extract. We also added the B12 and also essentially the magnesium brain food that we have all combined. Is but you? the cool thing about the theocrine that I noticed, cause I'm sensitive to caffeine. A lot of times, even just too much caffeine, even a moderate amount, it'll make me jittery. It'll almost make me too jittery to be able to think right. I just kind of sketches me out. I don't, I don't, I really don't use caffeine anymore. Um, This stuff is interesting, though, because it has similar effects to caffeine, yet it doesn't seem to tap your adrenals or raise cortisol as much as caffeine does, nor does it really cause any jitters effects that the normal caffeine dosage does. So the Attention Factor is a really good product. I love it. I use it semi-regular off and on. I know you like it, Doug. It's definitely a really good product. We've had a lot of good feedback from it. Just because of what it does, as far as helping out with mental clarity, I know some people have told me on the phone already. You know, we don't re- we don't like build it for this, nor do we make any claims. But some people have told me that they've suffered from ADHD and issues like that, trying to focus, being scatterbrained, problems like that, and the medication just is too harsh on them. You know, you got to work with your own doctor's medications. But I've had a customer tell me that this product actually really helps out with their mental clarity. In that situation. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're really enjoying it. So oh, yeah, I know man. you've been there for a couple of weeks. So I'm glad to hear that.
0: Yeah. I, I, I take this. I, I do I take it every day and I've noticed a distinct difference. And, and um, uh, it, it, it seems to, it does a lot of things that I really can't sit here and describe, but it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a clarity like I have not had before. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, it certainly quiets things down, especially when you're getting hit from all sides yeah. with news and, and, hey, you know, sign this and read this and the, man, this stuff really kind of, um assists me at least in, in terms of, uh, uh, well, focus, attention focus oh yeah i get you
2: know. i get i get a ton of stuff done when i take it which yeah. is always nice
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, absolutely it doesn't affect my sleep either so you know it, <laughs> it's, it's it's good it's a good product all right
1: lightning uh, round here yeah. in the last uh, 20 minutes we have austin if we can just real quick do we see these uh frequent cases of sepsis and loss of limbs and whatnot and and fingers and toes with the flu is that common or can it be
2: it's i mean it has has it happened yes it has to the extreme that we're seeing it right now, I don't personally think it has. And in my opinion, from the research that I'm seeing and the people I'm talking to, it seems to be significantly downplayed. It seems like this is happening a lot more than normal. You know, when you get septus like that, it starts to shut down organs. It can prevent blood flow. I mean, you basically start rotting essentially. And that's what happened to people. They're having their fingers pulled off. They're having their feet and toes pulled off. And it's very odd because is Doug was saying before the break when we had the Spanish flu back in, you know, the, the teens, the 1918 and so forth, we saw similar stuff like this a lot, and it almost seems to be, and again, I'm just speculating, but it almost seems to be that the flu this year is some modified biological weapon form of this, and I'm not saying anybody released it. I'm not saying anybody made it. I'm just saying it seems to be like it's some type of biological that was released because People are dying left and right from this stuff. People are having their limbs cut off left and right. Can that happen with the flu? Yeah, I mean, people can have issues with anything, especially if they get septic. But the level that we've seen this happen before is almost unprecedented, in my opinion. And like I said, it's almost being downplayed now to the point that we're acting like, oh, well, it happened with this one individual or it happened with this individual. But when I start reading and doing more research, this seems to be nationwide. And everybody's trying to downplay it like it's not that big of a deal. And we got a serious issue going on with the compromised immune systems in this country, and that's why I keep telling everybody over and over and over again, you have to be eating clean right now. You have to keep the sugar cut out. You have to make sure you're drinking enough water. you got to be on a good immune support stack like our Hagman Survival Immune Kit, something that's going to keep your body as strong as physically possible because it's getting bombarded from every direction, from the chemtrails, to the fluoride and tap water, to the vaccines, which I hope our listeners aren't taking, but to the GMO foods to whatever started this. And like I talked about earlier, and I'm sure Dad will bring up, they even did another research study that they're finding that the individuals that got the flu vaccine, I think I talked about it two weeks ago on the show, had a 680% higher transmission rate of the flu to other people than individuals that did not get the shot. So that right there in itself should show you There's something else going on with these flu shots that we're not being told at all.
1: Yeah, and then some people related the symptoms to uh, different things like spinal meningitis and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know that much about medicine or or the flu to really make those determinations, but something that I'm definitely following along closely. Uh, Austin, what else do you have that you want to get into tonight?
2: Well, one thing I want to discuss. This happened at the end of last week, but a lot of people haven't heard about it. I'm sure you guys know. About a year, year and a half ago, the FDA approved fully genetically engineered, basically GMO salmon for health or for uh, human consumption in the United States. This was the first time. It was very unprecedented. The first time in history the FDA has ever approved genetically engineered animals to be used as human consumption. And on top of that, when they approved it, they didn't even require, they actually went out of the way refusing to require the harvest facilities and the basically the um, the fish ponds that were growing these genetically engineered salmon to even be required to put it on the label when it came to your dinner plate. So as of this day right now, if you go to the store and buy salmon out of the freezer, say at Sam's or Costco or Walmart or any place like that, you don't know where it's coming from. You really don't know, and they don't have to legally label it. Well, the next thing that came in was that when the first court came in about a year ago and said, well, we want to see what your reasoning was. We want to see your research on why you guys are blatantly allowing genetically engineered salmon to be allowed on a human table. No, we don't have to. We do not have to show you anything on why we decided to approve it. None. This has been going on now all year, and it's gotten zero media coverage. I mean, zero media coverage. Now, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals last Friday has now denied the FDA's attempt to hide thousands of pages of key government documents revealing how the agency arrived at its controversial approval of the first ever genetically engineered animal for human consumption. The court order rejected the FDA's position that it can unilaterally decide which documents to provide and which to withhold from public and court review Uh, George Kimbrell who's the Center for Food Safety and Counsel in the case he said, dictatorial secrecy is not good in a democracy, this is a safeguarding win for the government transparency accountability and meaning judicial review of government decisions we look forward to the next stages in this case The broad coalition of commercial and recreational fisheries, interests, environmentalists, and tribes challenged the genetically engineered salmon approval in 2016. Just the approval of it got a huge amount of blowback from pretty much everybody in the industry. The FDA, again, refused to provide thousands of critical documents about how and why it even approved it. Now, to me, just from a consumer, if somebody's coming in now and they're saying, oh, it's completely fine for you to eat. It's 100% safe. We're the Food and Drug Administration. We're issuing completely safe for you to eat. And I go, okay, that's cool. Can I see the thousands of pages on how you came to this conclusion? The research, the background, I'm really just curious. No, you just have to take our word for it. Well, that right there's a big red flag, not just a red flag, a big slap in my face because our tax dollars support the FDA and everything they do. So if I want to know why they came to a conclusion on why they think it's safe for me, the fully genetically engineered salmon, I think I have a right to, know, to do so. The, the plaintiffs demanded that the FDA provide all the documents the agency considered in its decision, and last January, the lower court finally now agreed The FDA originally had challenged it last year and said that they can determine – listen, this is how cocky they are. They said they can determine unilaterally what information to give the courts reviewing their decisions and do not have to disclose any internal materials, even if the agency considers those materials in their decision. And boy, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals now last week did not like that arrogance (laughs) whatsoever and fully denied the FDA's attempt to hide those and has now basically told them they have to release those documents. Whether or not they do, whether or not they continue to fight them is to be seen, so we'll have to keep up with it. But I've had a lot of customers ask me repeatedly, what's going on with this stuff with the genetically engineered salmon? You know, This is the first time, yeah.
1: Do we know how, when you say genetically engineered, is this something that, are they reproducing eggs in mass? I mean, how are they, do we know how they're doing this?
2: Yes, from, the, obviously, they're not, um, n- not uh, ocean caught. They're not natural caught. They're right. being farm raised. So what, from my research, they're basically taking aspects of trout and another fish, I can't remember off the top of my head, and they're splicing their genes together along with salmon and they're basically making this hybrid genetically engineered salmon that has positive attributes from other fish like trout. Like the genetically engineered salmon, they take the trait from the trout for the salmon to be able to grow like four times its natural size and speed and ability within like six months. They have a genetically engineered salmon that's six months old, and natural stream-caught or just ocean-caught salmon, And the genetically engineered salmon dwarfs it. I mean dwarfs it. Regular salmon, you know, will be like this big, you know, in six months, maybe a little bit bigger. The genetically engineered is off the charts. They're 20, 24 inches. They're huge fish. So automatically right out of the gate when they first started doing this and they started splicing these different genes, it reminded me of the new Jurassic Park you saw when they start taking things from frogs, taking things from fish, taking things from snakes and putting them together to create this basically genetically engineered dinosaurs, what they did, that's what they started doing with this fish. And the first implication that they came out with as far as a lot of people that were critical of it said, what happens if this stuff gets loose in the wild? What kind of effect is this going to have on our ecosystem if we start having this genetically engineered salmon that outgrows normal salmon by four to five times? How are we going to handle this? Well, they're not getting loose. They're in a controlled facility. They're in a controlled lab. They're not getting out. Okay, that's cool. Well, what happens when we eat the fish? What are the long-term side effects of eating a genetically engineered salmon? Well, we haven't done long-term studies yet, but we're completely safe in the fact of saying... It's okay to eat. There's no harm from doing it. And they just went on this until finally the point they said, okay, we're going to approve it. It's good to go. And then on top of that, we're going to slap you in the face a little bit more, and we're going to say, we're not even going to require these guys to label it it's genetically engineered salmon. So the exact way that they're going in and mechanically doing this from a scientific standpoint, I don't have that in front of me right now. I know they were splicing different genes from different fish and making this essentially lab-created genetically modified salmon and then implanting it inside a regular salmon and having her birth the eggs and this genetically modified salmon is basically coming out on the other end and grows much, much faster than normal salmon. Very weird stuff, in my opinion. And the fact that we're eating it makes it even creepier.
1: Yeah, and and just as you said, we don't know the long-term effects of what this can do to us uh, health-wise or what, uh, you know... And just the, as far as toxins or how the GMO affects us, we have no idea. And just to, to do this without any uh, real studies into that uh, is very dangerous because we we have no clue. It could be good. It could be very bad.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I I can't imagine it being good. You don't know what. It, well, it's, it's so many things could just be. Look, I, if it's not natural, <laughs> to me, it's not. Uh, it's not right. It, it just. Uh, It's like pink slime for Chicken McNuggets. I mean, in that category, my brain, that's that's the way I look at it.
2: Well, and and one of the biggest issues that really came to me when I first saw this stuff starting coming to fruition two years ago was, where are we drawing the line with this? Are we going to start coming out with genetically engineered cows, genetically engineered pigs, genetically engineered chickens, or are we going to start splicing this stuff together? I I have them in China the pig. Yeah, exactly. In China now, now they've already approved to grow human organs inside of pigs now. They fully approved it. Not just like gray area, you guys need to be careful with this, blah blah blah. No, they fully approved it in Japan now to grow human organs inside of swine for research purposes. So we're seeing this aspect where there is no specific line anymore between animals and humans. There is no line anymore between natural animals and genetically engineered animals were mending all this stuff together. And in my opinion, it's it's going to start getting pretty creepy. This, this rooster is going to come home in about 10 to 15 years, and I have a pretty strong feeling not only are we going to see very negative long-term side effects from eating a lot of this filth, as we've seen just with genetically engineered corn, for example. This stuff supposedly is supposed to be, you know, their scientist gift to creation, was never going to have any issues. There had to be less pesticides, less stuff used on it. Bugs weren't going to eat it. It's going to be super safe. When they started doing research on it, every single rat they fed it to got huge tumors. Then they fed all the pigs the Roundup-resistant, Roundup-ready corn, and their guts basically grenaded. They autopsied them. Their entire digestive tracts were completely mush. They were mush. So we see that right now and already the food. Now we're doing it with animals what's going to happen in another 10 to 15 years especially with my younger generation like my kids and they're not even requiring it to be labeled on the food this is something everybody has to start being very very proactive about that's why I'm a huge proponent of the non-GMO project I'm a huge proponent of organic, which is even better, but sometimes, you know, that's not necessarily financially feasible for everybody, but if you can go in now and you say, hey, I'm going to support this company because they're being transparent and they're saying this is certified non-GMO versus this company. I'm going to support the non-GMO company hands down every time. And if everybody starts voting with their dollars and starts making sure that you do some research in the companies that you're supporting with your money, I think we would get a lot more lead way and we would get a lot further with this because this is really something that we have to start taking a stand on as well because our health is our own responsibility. We don't have another body. And so if we can't be strong, aggressive, mentally clear Americans – we can't do much of anything as far as holding our constitutional ground or really supporting our next generation coming up behind us at all.
1: No, you're exactly right, Austin. Um, it, it, it's unfortunate. And all these things that we're talking about tonight, from the school shooting to the GMO, all seems all these things, whether it's the, the chemicals, whether it's the medicines, or uh, all are affecting our society negatively. And, Austin, I know you guys do a show, you know, that is based on uh, Christianity as well. At the root of all this, this is a spiritual problem. Yeah, and and this is no, nothing is going to be fixed until we fix the the spiritual issues that we have. And we see the evil side of, of and the dark side of the spiritual war. And this falls under the the greed and you know the uh, oppression and even you know the poisoning. We, we had a what was it Keith Hansen on yesterday? He talked about the IQ the average iq of uh, americans I forget the time going from 10, 120 20 years ago, yeah 120 to 98 98 in, yeah. in a matter of decades and you know they're dumbing us down and they're doing it in any in every way that they possibly can and it is just one big uh, manipulation satanic manipulation evil manipulation and a lot of people seem to be falling for it either knowingly or unknowingly
2: Oh, yeah, there's, there's no question about it. It's definitely a satanic agenda right from the pits of hell because if they can compromise our immune systems like they've done with this flu, they can compromise our immune systems like they've done with this genetically engineered food, we're going to be less efficient on what we can do, especially from a spiritual standpoint, from a physical standpoint. If your body and your brain doesn't work very well, how effective can you be at anything? Honestly, just from a simple, you know, standpoint. You can't really do much of anything. And they know that. That's why we're being bombarded on a daily basis. Now, I had a customer the other day. They were asking me about issues with uh, cardiovascular disease and also heart attacks because that's another thing that we keep hearing more and more of is that younger and younger people are having issues with heart problems. And so one big aspect, this is an article I had last week, but this is really important. This was done out of actually the University of Saudi Arabia, and they found mixing carnitine, with vitamin E really helped normalize levels in the heart and antioxidant enzymes of cardiac tissue in rats. They demonstrated that both vitamin E and carnitine contain powerful cardioprotective properties all on its own. They said vitamin E has been shown to be cardioprotective in certain patient subgroups under high levels of oxidative stress. And that also too, when they added it with carnitine, it actually increased the efficiency and had a synergistic effect on the body And so that's one product that we have. We have two different products, the carnitine in very pure form, and we also have a super potent E, which has numerous mixed to vitamin E's that are very bioavailable, and the body just sucks up immediately. And I always recommend it for adults, male and females alike, but males need to be taking more of it. The potent e is incredibly good as an antioxidant for the heart. It's good for blood viscosity. It's good for the brain. And when you stack it with carnitine, like I've always done that now for probably the past year because I knew it was good. Now these guys even confirmed it. It not only helps out with muscle performance, endurance, gym performance. It actually has heart-protecting properties as well. So if you or anybody is having issues with the heart, CoQ10 is the first base that I always recommend. Are you form. And then throwing in some of the super potent E and carnitine, that really, really, really is good. Because, again, like I said a second ago, if your health isn't there and your mental clarity isn't there and organs aren't doing good, you're really not going to be able to handle a lot of situations that come your way. And that's just not a good position that I ever want to be in.
1: <laughs> no, you're you're exactly right. And one of the things I'll say, Austin, is uh, you know, the Healthmaster supplements, I had uh, a nasty cold maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago now. And it was it lasted almost two weeks, really bad for a week, but it lingered like no cold I've had before yep. and instead of you know taking just one of the uh, vitamin C tablets, I started tripling quadrupling up on those yep. for a number of days and also with the B vitamins and that it cleared it right up and uh you know i started me and my wife started taking uh much larger doses of the vitamin C than just you know the one tablet. So I'm going to continue to do that, as it is so important in these times, as we talked about being attacked chemically and, and by everything else, to get all the, the nutrients and supplements that we do need that are not uh, being uh, received by our food intake, which they should be. But if you can buy organic, buy organic. If you can get the vitamins, get the vitamins.
2: Well, and, and vitamin C is such a crucial nutrient for the immune system. I had the same thing happen about a month ago. I got, I started getting a head cold. And I shook it pretty fast, but it was like you I started getting this cough and it just I didn't feel right. And I did the same thing. I started hammering the astragalus, the C, the D3. And the one thing I love about our C is that it's buffered, so you can really handle a lot of it before bowel tolerance. That's one issue with a lot of vitamin C's is if you take too much of it, it'll cause issues with the bowels. And our vitamin C, you can take a large quantity of it. Normally, in most days, I take about 1,500 to 3,000 milligrams a day every day. It's good for collagen. It's good for the joints. It's good for the heart. It's really good for the immune system. It's good for the gums. Vitamin C is just crucial. That's just There's no question about that. So a good steady dose of it, like I said, 1,500 to 3,000 milligrams of our excellent C every day is perfect. But then, like you said, if you start getting compromised, if your immune system goes down, I've used all the way up to seven, 8,000 milligrams a day without any issues. And it's really, really great how effective that product is in getting the immune system back under control. And like I said a little bit ago, if your customers have never tried our products or they want to get some more, we have the Doug five coupon active right now. So you can go on the website at healthmasters.com and get any of our regular products at the regular price and get 5% off your whole order. And, of course, as always, on orders over $100, you get free shipping as well anywhere in the United States. And we do ship internationally. We do all over the place, U.K., Australia. We'll ship anywhere pretty much if we can physically do so. It's not free shipping. We pretty much charge you about our standard postage that it costs to ship. But for everybody that's in countries that can't get good supplements, You can get them there at healthmasters.com and we have a pretty good success rate, even in strict countries, of getting them through customs and areas like that so we can help out as many people as possible all around the globe.
0: You guys do a great job and I I would urge every one of our listeners to to go to healthmasters.com, shop for, if you do nothing else, get your ultimate multiple vitamins from them. Uh, It's the best product, of course, uh, the best uh, ultimate there, the best daily vitamin. A nutritional supplement to, to on the planet. I, I believe that. And that and of up. course, uh all of your products are, are top notch. And, and you know, Doug Five, use that coupon. Folks commit that to memory. But but yeah, look, why not um, get the discount? And, and check your supply right now. Do it now. Order now. Uh helping or buying products from them supports us. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. Austin, you've been great. A lot of information from the school shooting to well, all over the place. It was a it was a great. Uh, Gee, yeah, you were on man, fire. Man. Yeah, yeah, you were on fire tonight. So, I want to thank, thank you so you much, go. man. Appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, it's, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, Dad will be taking over here in a little bit. He's got more stuff for you. But yeah, great show. Love you guys, man. I'll be on the next time with get- you.
1: All right. Thanks, Austin. You can hear Austin on the yeah. the Ted and Austin Brewer show, right after this show on Global Star Radio Network. We're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
0: Posing the New World Order, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on the Global Star Radio Network. Stand by. Doug and Joe will be back shortly.
1: Back to this Friday edition of the Hagman Report. If you, in case you missed it or joined us late, we were just joined by Austin Brewer for three segments, an hour and a half. We covered so much from the school shooting—he was on fire, man! Yeah, to uh, genetically modified salmon, the the medical issue that is overlooked when talking about these school shootings, and so much more. But we are joined by his father, Dr. Ted Brewer, the other co-host of the Ted and Austin Brewer Show. That the can be heard. Doctor
0: hurt. is in the house.
1: Yes, he is, and he's got something he wants to talk about. Ted, welcome to the show.
3: Doug, Joe, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks so much for hosting Austin. He's always a pleasure to work with. I it's a privilege. To... Oh, he's a bright kid. I mean, well, bright kid's a thirty year old man. He's not. He's not a kid anymore. He'll always be my kid. But it's it's a blessing to know him and to have him as a co-host on my show because it makes it so easy for me. To do a show when I have somebody that smart like you have with Joe and do those things, no, I got to
0: carry him, care. Ted. Mm-hmm. I got to carry him, right? Yep. no, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, I, well. b- before we get started, look, I, I just want to mention to everyone, okay? I, I mainline this stuff. Um, I actually, I take it, take the cap, I. I the, Put it on a mirror and roll up a hundred dollars. No, I shouldn't even joke like that because somebody's going to take me out of context. Attention factor, uh, is one of the best, look, it, you know, I just wonder how many people really get excited about health products, but this excites me a lot. Attention factor, uh, it, uh, it, it, it prevents me from, you know, having word salad moments and it does help me with uh, focus attention on attention to detail. And when I have to look, for example, at a, uh, I don't know. I'll consult on different things, even uh, uh, crime scenes once in a while. Uh, this stuff here really, really makes a difference. So, attention factor. Doug Five is a coupon code. Healthmasters.com is the place to get it. I guarantee it. Guarantee you. If this doesn't, if if you don't notice a difference in this, oh, I'm going to tell you right now, um, you will. I, I'll just say that you will. Doug Five coupon code. Healthmasters.com. Attention factor. My favorite product. Ted, turn <laughs> yeah, it over to you.
3: You know, it's funny. It is your favorite product. I it remember. is, man. Going, I, I first I first said it to you a month or so ago. You you called me back. You go, hey, you got some more of that stuff. I'm like, what's the attention factor? I'm like, well, we we haven't got it in stock yet. Well, you, I know you got your own stash somewhere. <laughs> you me some more, and you say, this is the best product that you have, and it does it does make you sharp. I mean, it razor focuses you now. Personally, when I use it late at night, it affects my sleep patterns. I know it doesn't do that to you, Doug. Not at all. So I still am a big believer of the purple sticks. So I, I do take the attention factor though occasionally. If I want to have to really, if I really have to get something done, it gets it done quick and it gets it done efficiently. If I had ADD or ADHD, I would try that drug first. Drug. I would try. It's not a drug. It's a, it's a health product. I would try that product first as far as correcting my condition. Rather than going on a you know, a, on a Schedule two drug in the same category with morphine, opium, percodin, and Demerol, that product though it really works and it, it's very, very targeted for what it does. But I want to talk to you guys in a minute. This is important that I cover this. Last week, and this is this is this is not a good story, but I'm going to tell you the story anyhow. Because you guys, I tell you guys everything anyhow. Last week, I was contacted by my pastor up in North Carolina. We have a church that we go to up there when we're when we're up in the area. And we kind of stay in our motor home up there some. And, and what was interesting about it is he knew that I knew some cancer treatment guys in Atlanta, another one in Denver, some in South Carolina, who could work with one of his parishioners who's been diagnosed with cancer. And it was kind of interesting because they wanted to talk to me, and I told them quickly that I did not, you know, treat cancer, I did not work with cancer, that I didn't do that. We no longer had a clinic, and that they have to work with somebody locally in their area. But the thing, thing that bothered me, though, Doug, is that, you know, I sat there and told them, I said, there's some really good process you can use for your immune system. You can use the potassium iodide. You can use vitamin C. You can use vitamin C intravenously. Uh, you can use D3K2. There are all kinds of things that you can do. Black seed oil that really, really helped rebuild the, the, the immune system. And then what happened is this. I didn't hear back from this lady who was calling in for her husband for two or three days. And I thought, oh, man, I hope this isn't bad. So I finally I called her up. And I text her, and I said, you know, uh, what's going on? I said, I haven't heard back from you. You know, I found you a place there in Atlanta. We get intravenous vitamin C done. And she goes, well, my husband was so sick on Sunday he couldn't go to church anymore. He can't stop vomiting. And then she went into a little bit more detail about the cancer, which we really hadn't talked about, and apparently it had gone from his intestinal tract and metastasized into his liver, metastasized into his lungs. And so his body was completely and totally, you know, just covered in cancer tumors internally and they've given him just a little bit to live. And the sad part about this is this. And here's, I want to talk to you about this for a second. You know, when I talk to folks about building the immune system and avoiding cancer, a lot of people think that that's kind of like an option. It's not an option. Okay, here's why. When you're coughing up and you're vomiting, and you can't stop vomiting, like this poor gentleman's doing right now, you can't really hold nutritional supplements down you can't really take a supplement and get it absorbed if you can't stop vomiting. Now, I did suggest to her that she start him immediately on the intravenous vitamin C at a local medical doctor there in Atlanta that I had found for her. And so I'm hoping that she'll be able to do that and work with him as far as from a nutritional standpoint. But here's the problem I have with all of this, Doug and Joe. And I, and I want to, I'm coming to you guys as honestly as I possibly can because I very rarely deal with the these types of conditions as far as even in a referral type of basis any longer because, you know, my clinic isn't open anymore, and I've forgotten the heart-wrenching agony of being diagnosed with cancer to people who are hardcore believers as far as in Jesus Christ, you know, really strong Baptists, really strong groups of people that really love Jesus and really love God, and, and here's what I found, and I, I want to just, and it's so important that I get this across tonight in the best way that I possibly can, when you're coughing up blood when you're vomiting and you can't hold it down, when you've been given a few months to live by the medical profession, when they've told you that there's nothing they can do to prolong your life and there's nothing you can do besides prepare for death, and you're on your deathbed, and you have a few weeks before hospice is called in, that is not the time to change your diet. I'm just being honest here at this point. At that point in time, you need to be praying for a miracle from God. And the reason I'm talking about this right now is because of a concept called reserve energy. Uh, Dr. Kerry Reams, a very controversial teacher for, figure from the 60s and 70s, who I studied a lot of his material back in the 70s and in the 80s, he actually actually it was in the 80s, not the 70s. He ended up figuring out a formula, Joe and Doug, that he could calculate what was called calculate what was called reserve energy according to him. Now he never allowed this formula to be passed on after his death. Now, so whether this formula was bogus or not, I have no idea. There's no verification that the formula ever existed or that anybody else knows how to do the formula as far as calculating how much energy a person has. Now, what that means is this. In our bodies, we have a thing called a mitochondria, and it takes adenosine triphosphate, converts it into adenosine diphosphate. through the It's called the Krebs cycle or the citric acid cycle, also called glycolysis, and that creates the energy in the body and in the cells. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And the problem with all of this is it's kind of like having a glass, and you have it full, but it's got a hole in the bottom of it and the glass starts emptying water faster than you can pour it in. And when that happens, what you do, you, you end up in a situation where you don't know what to do from a health standpoint because no matter what you try to do, including including conventional treatment protocols, seems to work because your body is so weak. Now, he actually said, Reem said, there's a point when the reserve energy gets so low, when the mitochondrial function is so low, that no matter what you do from a det- Standpoint, or from a chemotherapy, or radiation, or anything else, there's nothing they can do, and that's when they send you home and say, basically, you can go home and just make yourself as comfortable as you can, and call in hospice. Now, the problem I have with all of this is the mindset for a lot of Christians. Back in the '80s, Doug and Joe, I worked exclusively, you know, in my clinics in the beginning with just Christians, and the reason I did that is because I felt I had been called. Because when I was 27 years old. I had come down with heart disease. I told you guys that story. And when that happened to me, it was the same thing that Austin had, actually. It was kind of an ironic thing. It's really, really weird, kind of like an epigenetic nightmare, right? It was called pericarditis, and I almost died from it. And so I ended up going back to naturopathic school, getting my degree, and learning a lot about what I had not learned as a research biochemist at Florida State University. Now, what was interesting about this is that I learned very quickly that the clean and unclean foods that the Bible tells us not to eat Are still bad for you, just like they were thousands of years ago when the Bible said not to eat them. And I didn't understand that because they didn't teach us that at Florida State University. I spent 400 hours in the biochemical genetics lab in the Conradi building at Florida State in one class that was called biochemical genetics. And they never said anything to us about pork being bad. And now we know the World Health Organization has told us that it's one of the primary causes of death globally from cancer. Now, the irony of all of this is well, I speak to a lot of people about their health and their immune systems, especially a lot of Christians, especially Southern Baptists. Now, I'll just be picking on Southern Baptists because I am a Southern Baptist. I go to Southern Baptist church here locally. And I guess I'm more of an independent. I guess I really am not a Southern Baptist. I'm just a Christian. But when I talk to people like Southern Baptists, they love their fellowship meals, and they love to go to places and have barbecued ribs and pulled pork and all of this stuff. And, I mean, they're absolutely obsessed with it here in the South, especially in Mississippi, Alabama parts of Florida, all these different areas. Now, pork's not the other white meat, it's the toxic meat. The Bible says if you eat pork, these these diseases, these long and lingering diseases will come upon you, these wasting diseases, the Bible calls them. And so people don't understand that when you eat certain types of food, it lowers the body reserve energy. In fact, Reem said that some of these foods actually cause the body to lose more energy than it took in from the calories. In other words, if you took in a 1,000 calories from this particular product, like pork, he says it may cost you 1,200 calories of energy to burn it and get it back out of the system. So you had a net loss of energy. So they were actually draining your body as you ate them. Now, the problem I have with this is this. I hear this all of the time. I'll eat what I want to eat, if I die, I die. And they invariably die. I see it, You see it all of the time. I have seen people change their diet, recover, go back to their old dietary habit, get sick again over and over and over again. So my response is this. It's like with high blood sugar or high blood pressure or adult onset diabetes. If you do the right diet, take the right supplements, if you've been diagnosed with these types of diseases and your body recovers from these types of diseases, doesn't it make sense that had you never eaten that way before and had taken the supplements you were supposed to take, that your body never would have come down with the disease to start with? I'm going to repeat that because that's kind of a weird concept. If you ate properly to start with, and you would probably have never come down with this particular type of disease to start with. In other words, if you have the disease and you can change it and fix it through diet, doesn't it make sense? Had you eaten the correct way to begin with, it never would have been a problem for you. And this is what I run into all of the time. Folks want to go ahead and they want to do the best they possibly can for their family and for their friends and for their loved ones. And they think, well, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and change our diet a little bit. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you this. This is from the bottom of my heart. You really got to make radical dietary changes if you're really sick. Your body's losing so much water from the bottom of the glass so fast, you've got to start pouring the nutrients into the top of the glass. And if you don't do that, then you're going to go to the doctor, and they're going to say, you need to call in hospice. Now, people are always asking me, Doug and Joe, is there a point in a person's life where there's nothing you can do as far as from a health standpoint from eating right to correct certain types of conditions, yes, there are. There are certain types of senile dementia diseases, like advanced Alzheimer's, a lot of different things. There's really not a lot that dietary change is going to do with that. There really isn't. Uh, we had a guy just the other day contact me back. I used it was back in September. He's about 58 years old, a little bit younger than I am, about four years younger than me. And it's the testosterone. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Going from memory now, so the numbers are pretty close, but they may not be exactly right. His testosterone had dropped down about 121. And he called me up, and he goes, and, uh, in fact, he took advantage of it, Doug, one of the, uh, the things that, you know, the call Ted thing, talk to Ted. And he says, what can you do to help elevate testosterone? Well, there's a lot of natural supplements that you can take. We'll talk about it in a few minutes that you can help elevate testosterone. So he went on the Health Masters website and got, on, got, got a hold of the Alpha Male Stack. And Doug and Joe, he didn't do any testosterone therapy. All he did was take his testosterone. He took, started taking the supplements, and his testosterone went from 121 to about 530 in about four months. Now, that's huge. That's like a quadrupling of his testosterone. Now, guys, that's hard to achieve taking testosterone pills or injections to get that type of testosterone increase. And he said he felt great. Now, the thing about it is this. All we can do on a show like yours or a show like ours is to tell people the truth. We tell them, high-fat luncheon meats, bacon, sausage, ham, pepperoni, hot dogs, you need to avoid them. Any foods that contain sodium nitrite, you need to avoid them because they react with the stomach acid to form nitrosamines, which are one of the most effective agents known to producing malignant intestinal tumors in human beings. Stay off the aspartame. stay off the margarine, stay off the hydrogenated oils, stay off the shellfish, stay off the junk food, stay off the high fructose corn syrup, stay off the chlorine, stay off the fluoride, stay off the, the uh, high-fat dairy, high dairy products that are basically GMO-fed, stay off of coffee. You know, it's really important you avoid coffee, especially if you've got breast cancer, because coffee really, really elevates a compound called the methylxanthine, which can increase the risks of fibroid tumor formation in folks that basically have a problem with breast cancer or breast problems. Now, number number 10, of course, is to stay away from alcohol. I was speaking to another friend of mine who had recovered from cancer, actually, wonderful lady. She had actually worked with a doctor out in Colorado and I completely recovered from breast cancer uh, using a really, really intensive uh, immunotherapy program, using a lot of supplements and doing vitamin C intravenously. The guy out there really worked with her well, completely and totally recovered. And she was telling me, she says, well, you need to tell this person to do this and do this and do this and do, do this. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, she's telling you to do colonics or enemas, a type of colonic, and, and basically, you know, using coffee in the enema bag. And I told said, well, that's not really something you want to tell somebody when they're first changing their diet, if they have sufficient quantities of time to work with their issues, and she goes, well, why not? I said, I said I'm said, i trying to get them not to eat pork, <laughs> I'm trying to get them off pork, I'm trying to get them to take the vitamins that they're going to need to take to get healthy, not start doing colonics or enemas, I said, when you start telling people this stuff, it seems so extreme, it makes them difficult to believe anything you're saying, getting started because they're already dealing in most cases with depression when they have been diagnosed with some type of you know terminal disease. So guys, it's so important that when you have friends and you've been listening to me for years now or Austin for years or Doug and Joe for years and you know there's certain things that you need to do and certain things you don't need to do and certain things you need to eat and certain things you don't need to eat, don't try to water hose them. Don't take a fire hose and shove it down somebody's throat and say, do all this. No, no, no. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Doug, I, I was getting my car worked on and I had a friend of mine, his name's Charlie, and he's the body shop guy, and he runs, he, he owns the business. Brilliant body work. And Sharon had bumped the bumper on her car, and so we had to get it fixed. And what was interesting, and by the women way, women drivers. Sorry. Women. W- by, by the since we're going to say that, let me step away. Just one second. If you got, a, <laughs> if you got, a, if, you got a, if you got a nice car that's worth like twenty or twenty-five thousand dollars, and you bump a bumper, it's going to cost a couple hundred bucks to fix it. That's about all it costs. It's best not to run that through insurance. It probably isn't going to cover your deductible, and it's best not to tell your insurance company about it. It's best just to go in there and just pay them directly. And and basically when you do that, they most of the time they don't turn it into Carfax. Now, if they turn it into Carfax, it says the car has been wrecked. It's had body shop repair done to it. Yep. Now, they don't know if the car has gone into a ditch. They don't know if the car has been rolled. They don't know if the car has been totaled and repaired. They don't even know if it's got a salvage title unless they disclose it, you know, in the ad you're trying to buy it from. So – if you have a nice car and it only needs a few hundred dollars to fix it, it's better just to shut up. <laughs> until you your turn so if your wife bumps into a pole at Walmart like Sharon did. It's just and I told her, I said, "He's got like ten cameras on it." I said, "Sharon, it's got ten cameras on the car. How can you possibly hit something? I don't know. I didn't see it." So don't worry about it. So I'm over there talking to Charlie, and he'd been sick for months. I mean, sick, sick, sick for months. He felt absolutely awful. And, you know, sniffling, blowing his nose, carrying on. And finally I said to him, I said, look, I said, here's the thing. You know, why don't you just try a few supplements? And I've known the guy for years. And he goes, Ted, I'll do anything to feel better. So I brought him over, some potassium iodine, some D3K2, and our powdered multiple, which, by the way, is the best tasting multiple vitamin you've ever tasted. it's amazing what it does. Sharon's got rid of the ridges on her nails. And I know what I broke my foot last year. I was taking it. My foot healed so fast, Doug. It was amazing. I stepped backwards off a roof and fell into a little valley on the roof and snapped my yeah, fist Now, No, would you take though
0: for that? Tell me again, what'd you take for that?
3: The powdered multiple.
0: Okay, all right. All right.
3: That's all and the magnesium. That's all I took for it. And it healed it almost immediately. I mean, within a few weeks. The doctor said, Well, you know, you're 61 years old, so chances are that's not gonna heal. Chances are we've got to put pin in there, chances are we've going to go and do surgery for you. And I'm like, whoa, stop! Stop doing your little voodoo curse on me. I don't want to listen to it. I said, I don't believe any of that. My body's going to heal itself very, very quickly, and it did. Now, so Charlie got on these three products. That's all he did. you know. And I called him up like a week later. In fact, he's a good friend of mine. I actually came to the office and drove back over there and gave them to him and told him how to take it personally. He started taking it, and he calls me up about a week later. I talked to him. And he's calling me. I'm calling him. He goes, Ted, what did you give me? I said, I told him. He goes, Dude, he said, I feel great. He goes, my cold is gone. My cough is gone. Everything's gone. Now, and he said, I said, good. I'm glad you feel better. And then he says, I don't think you understand. I feel great. And so I saw him a couple of weeks later when he, you know, he finished fixing the car. He had to wait to get a part in for the car. And he said to me, he goes, Ted, I don't even know what to tell you. My mental acuity is so high and my energy levels are so high and I feel so good. It's ridiculous. Now, why did that happen with Charlie? Because the vast majority of the people in the United States, they're so deficient in nutrients, Doug and Joe, just, just a little bit, just a little bit of nutrients make their body feel so much better, especially when you use a powdered multiple vitamin like that that doesn't have any binders or fillers in it. And so what that allows your body to do is to absorb it directly, especially when it has no flow agents in it. Best product we have as far as multiples the powder. Now we have great children's chill, we've got a great capsule powder, powder to tuss up if you don't want it, but I tell you what, the powder tastes absolutely great. That's what I use. I take two scoops every single morning, and I took four scoops every single morning, when I had the problem with my foot. Now I've had multiple other people now who had foot problems the same way that feet wouldn't heal. They did the same protocol that I followed. And sure enough, it's every single one of them is their feet have gotten better. So Charlie now is like a long-term health masters customer, loves the product, says, I'll never stop taking your products. He says, it's the, these are the best vitamins I've ever taken. Now the reason I say all of that is to say this. Everybody needs to realize their health is their most valuable asset. It doesn't matter if you're very wealthy like Charlie is. He's one of the largest body shops here in central Florida. It doesn't matter if you're a medical doctor or an attorney or a blue collar worker or a mechanic or if you're a carpenter, which I have great respect for. I love carpenters. In fact, I used to use a lot of, I used to do a lot of framing when I was in high school and college. I'm a pretty good carpenter, so I love that kind of stuff. And what ends up happening is it doesn't matter who you are, your health is your most valuable asset. And Doug, I've seen it over and over and over again. People will ignore their health until their health goes away, and they get unbelievably sick. And they never have the opportunity to hear a show like we're talking about tonight. They never have the opportunity to say, hey, does that Hagman blood sugar protocol really work pretty well, or does that Haji's joint protocol work pretty well, or do these things really work? And you go, well, yeah. In fact, they got a money-back guarantee on them. If they don't work, just send them back. And people go, wow, I can't tell you how good I feel taking your supplements, or I can't tell you how high my testosterone it is now, and without having to go, see here's the problem when you start taking injectable testosterone, and even the sublingual testosterone. Your body down-regulates your own production of testosterone. And if you do it long enough, it doesn't come back. This happens with a lot of bodybuilders who take injectable testosterone or sublingual testosterone. They do it for a period of years and years and years, And they basically lose their entire sex drive. They basically have none. And they never have the ability to produce testosterone again unless they take it either by injection or sublingually. So it's best to wait as long as you can possibly wait. Now, if I was 80 years old and my testosterone was on the floor and I tried our supplements for a while and they didn't work, yeah, I'd probably go on a testosterone therapy program. But I'd be 80 years old. And the reason for that is it has other types of side effects. Like some people say it actually may increase the risk of cancer. So I always tell folks, same thing with human growth hormone injections. you got to be real careful. That's why we developed the HGH product, the HGH Stimulate product, and you take that product like once a day, two scoops. I take it every day, twice a day, once a day, two scoops a day, one time. And what it does, it really helps to maintain healthy blood pressure, and it helps to really maintain healthy human growth hormone, and it really helps to maintain a really strong libido when you combine it with vitamin E, and with the zinc. And, of course, you could throw in the testiplex, and you could t- all the different things that we use. The, the Tongat Alley, excuse me, for the testosterone, it does a great, great job. So, guys, I want to cover that tonight because I just had this conversation this week. And so it's very frustrating. I started actually it was last week. I started it on Saturday. It went into Sunday. And it grieves my spirit to the point where I can't even be, I can't verbally say how bad it hurts me when I see this happen, especially the good Christian people. So what ended up happening is, Doug, I got so persecuted doing the radio and TV in the Christian market, this is back in the 80s, that I finally had enough of it, and I started doing advertisement in the radio TV interview report, and I got involved with the Peter Lowe seminars, the success seminars back in the 90s, and I completely left the Christian market to the point that I didn't really do a lot with Christian TV or Christian radio until like 2001, 2002, 2003, when they brought me on to Marlon Maddox. May he rests in peace. He's gone now. And it was one of those things that, you know, I started working a little bit more with the Christian market. And a few years later, I had some huge TV ministries, I won't mention their names, contact me. And they wanted me to help them do some fundraising using our Eat, Drink, and Be Healthy program, which we did. And so that's the kind of thing that we did. I went back into a semi-retirement mode. Of course, health masters were still running, but I wasn't really doing a lot actively. And then about five years ago, I got back on radio, back on TV. And, of course, about three, three, three and a half years ago now, we started the Ted Nassim Brewer Show, and that's been a blessing to a lot of people all over the country. Plus, I really love the fact that Austin has come as far as he has in his ability now to do such incredible shows. He went on a rant yesterday on Thursday. You guys have to hear the show. It was one of Austin's epic rants. I mean, he was going about what was going on with the gun control. I mean, he was absolutely on point, and he has not even taken any of the attention factor, Doug. I mean, he was on point. And you, I went, whoa, You know what? Dude, S-
0: send his supply up to me. He doesn't need that. <laughs> I need that. No, I'm telling you. No, it, it, I, I actually caught, I, I, well, I was in my office. I caught a few minutes of that. And, uh, yeah, it was it, it, a great show. That was from yesterday, if I, if, if yeah, I have my well, days yeah. right, right? Yeah, okay.
3: Yeah. yeah. If, if, you, if you go to my archives, and if you're not an every, everyday listener to my show, if the archive says at the top of the archive, you know, this is on Global Star, Muscles to show at the very top, and it says love Muscles to show again at the bottom of that same broadcast, those are the best shows of the week. There may, there may be one of those for that week. There may be two of those for that week. Sometimes there's three of those, very rarely three. But those are the best ones. If you're trying to catch up, those are the ones that catch up on first because that's when we really cover a lot of material that's really, really succinct. I know a few weeks ago I was on the attention factor and that made show, that made show of the week. But I tell you what, God, it's it's so important that everybody understands that their health is their most valuable asset. Now I want to talk about a few things, Doug, tonight. I know we're about to go to break, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we're about a minute away.
3: Okay, but I want to cover a few things with you real quick, I, I want to start about the. I want to talk about the MK Ultra program. I also want to talk about the Exchange Stability Fund. Ted, Ted,
0: hold on one second. We're gonna skip the break, so let, 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 for continuity purposes, let's just blow right through it. And uh, are
3: you sure? Doug? I mean, I don't yeah, mind.
0: no, no, okay. no, that's fine. Let's do it. Okay,
3: I want to talk about a guy by the name of Sydney Gottlieb. Now, of course, not 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 to be confused with the current head of the FDA, Gottlieb. Uh, Sidney Gutlieb was born Joseph Schneider. This is, I'm reading off the Wikipedia page now, so guys, you can look it up. And as Sidney Gutlieb, he was born Joseph Schneider, 1918, and he died in 1999. He was an American chemist and spy master, best known for his involvement with the Central Intelligence Agency's 1950s and 60s assassination attempts and his mind control programs known as Project MKUltra. Again, this is right on Wikipedia. Gutlieb, he was the son of Hungarian Jewish immigrants, he was born in the Bronx as Joseph Snyder. He received a PhD in chemistry from the California Institute of Technology. By the way, PhD in chemistry is tough. He was a stutterer from childhood, and so he also earned a master's degree in speech therapy. And But he was basically had, you know, he just, I'm not going to go any more of that. Here is a, this is his government career. In 1951, as a PhD in chemistry, age 33, Gottlieb joined the CIA. As a poison expert, he headed the chemical division of the technical services staff. Now, this is back in the 50s. We're talking 50, 60, 70 years ago now. Gutley became known as the black sorcerer. Now, I find that interesting, don't you, Doug? He got known as the black sorcerer.
0: Yeah.
3: (sighs) And the dirty trickster. He supervised preparations of lethal poisons to kill people and drug experiments and mind control. Now see, we were led to believe that the only people that were working in MK Ultra were the the Germans that had come over from Operation Paperclip, but that's simply not true. In April of 1953, Gottlieb became the lead head person in Project MK Ultra, which was activated on the order of the CIA director, Alan Dulles, who was fired by Kennedy, who then later was involved with the Kennedy assassination. In this capacity he administered LSD and other psychoactive drugs to unwitting patients and financed psychiatric research and the development of techniques. Now listen to this guy, it's gonna blow your mind. This is on Wikipedia. The developments of the, the, the development this is now we're talking fifty three, he developed techniques that would crush the human psyche to a point that it would admit anything. Did you get that? In other words, yep. he could get the he, he would get them to confess to anything. Did you walk into that Florida school and pull out an AR-15 and shoot 17 people? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You even know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you feel today? Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, did you, did you, do you, did you miss your mama? Yeah, yeah. You had a good Christmas? Uh, yeah. Everything, everything. Admit to anything on these drugs. So I find it interesting when we have technology that's 50, 60, 70 years old now, from Mr. Gutlieb, Dr. Gutlieb, that gives the CIA the ability, if they wanna bring a Patsy in and drug them, and I'm not gonna talk about the shooting anymore because Austin covered it in length, but I wanna cover this, because this is the kind of stuff that these guys do on an ongoing basis, the unsuspected people, to basically make them confess to whatever they want them to confess more and more about what went on. Gottlieb was the liaison to the military subcontractor, Lockheed. There we go again. And then working on Project Aquatone for the CIA, which would later be known as the U-2 spy plane. In 1953, he procured a safe house for the Lockheed Aeronautics Division in L.A., which had easy and exclusive egress. Now, it could go on and on, you can read the whole thing about this guy under Eisenhower, et cetera. He retired from the CIA in 1972. Now, the crazy thing about this is crazy. he He gets a distinguished intelligence medal from the U.S. government and and of course he doesn't die for another 25 years and so the crazy thing about all of this stuff with these guys is that people don't want to believe this because of normalcy bias we don't want to believe that our government did stuff like this we don't want to believe that we have the technology to give a person a drug cocktail did you kill those 17 kids? oh uh, yeah yeah you kill the other 15 kids? Like yeah were you the one who shot everybody up in Vegas? Uh, that was me too uh, anything anything that if you notice one of the things that you always see with all of these guys who don't get killed themselves or are shot dead, they always are never able to talk, Doug. No one ever gets to talk to them and have an intelligent conversation with them. No one gets to say to them, did you do this? No, 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 nobody has. gets nobody to say anything to them. They, they don't have the ability to represent themselves publicly ever. I've never, I've never seen that. And they always just kind of fade away. In states that have death penalties, like with Timothy LeVay, they end up, you know, dying. And so we know that this is a big, big problem with the government as far as the chemistry they use to control people's brains. Now Doug, I know you were saying yes on this. Do you, you know anything more about this than I just covered? I'm sure you do.
0: In, in what respect, specifically? As far as
3: I let's, let's look at the Aurora shooting.
0: Well, okay, let me just interject something here. One thing I'm, I'm really hot on right now, um, because we're looking at the, uh, the abuse, the, the spying abuses. If you, if you take that back to FISA, FISA was a creation a consequence of the church committee. Go back to the church committee. Look at the testimony of the church committee. This is directly... Related to Gottlieb, uh, his tactics in '75. They're saying, "Yeah, we found Cobra venom, and heart uh, uh, heart attack guns." You know, I, I, this is so. Do I know more? I, yeah, uh, and it's it's going it's still going on today. It's just taken on more uh, a more refined approach. Which, by the way, um, I, I have I really believe, like as you said and as Austin said. Or something else going on here with the violence? Uh, if 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 we if you can if you could do the violence and uh, you'll get people to admit to anything back, uh, you know, twenty five, thirty, forty, fifty years ago. Think of what it is today. Just I'm just uh, saying. So
3: go ahead. The way, I, and then let's look at another. Look at the 2012 Russia. see, back in 19, 2000, 1999, I started working on a book. It was called Maximum Solutions to ADD, Autism, and Learning Disabilities in Children. Uh, I think the book was published in 2002, 2003. And what I did is I took all of these shootings like Columbine, and I took a look at these kids that had supposedly been drugged up or were on drugs that had committed all of these school shootings. And I found that pretty much every single time you have a school shooting or shootings in general, mass killings, that person's on a drug cocktail, multiple, multiple, multiple drugs. Does that mean that person actually shot the people? I have no idea. Could have shot them, could have not shot them. You know, my heart goes out to the families and the victims of this week's shooting again. I mean, the whole thing about it is, is that these guys are getting bolder and bolder and bolder with what they do and what they are attempting to get away from on an ongoing basis. Let's look at the Aurora shooting in 2012, five, six years ago. A mass shooting occurred inside a Century 16 movie theater, or Aurora, during a midnight screening of the film The Dark Knight Rises. Seventy people were shot. Multiple people were killed. And the guy walks in, basically wearing a gas mask again, Sets off tear gas grenades, so you have full smoke in the auditorium again. Shoots up the audience with multiple firearms, so they say, and the people that were there, so there were multiple shooters. Twelve people ended up getting killed. And what ended up happening is <laughs> when, at the, and then James Egan Holmes is arrested right outside the movie theater, outside the cinema, minutes later, basically just sitting there in a complete and total stupor, having no idea why he's there, completely drugged out of his Guys, all of these things are being done to us, and I believe, and I, ca- I called it out yesterday on the show, this is Operation Gladio on our shore. This is what they did in Italy. This is what they did in Germany. This is what they did in France back in the 60s and the 70s. These constant, never-ending, quote-unquote, terror attacks and shootings And it was all – back then it was all based on who was going to be communist. They were trying to stop the communist movement. And the thing that blows my mind, I read a really good book on World War II this past week. And what I found in the book was this. You know, to the victor of the wars go the history books. And then when you hear a book that's a neutral both directions, you kind of go, wow, that's kind of interesting. Because, I mean, think about it. When Hitler invaded Poland, Poland was an ally to Great Britain and to France. When Hitler invaded Poland, Russia also invaded Poland. Germany and uh, France and England declared war on Germany. They didn't declare war on Russia, even though they were allies. And then we end up with Stalin, and all of the stuff that was on the war. And then after the war, he takes over most of Eastern Europe. And then we have the Iron Curtain fall. And then for the next 50, 60 years, we're fighting communism and fighting this Cold War with the Russians. I mean, that whole war, that whole World War II thing was a mess. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not painting some halo over the Nazis. They, they had some bad people that were Nazis, okay? But a lot of stuff that our allies did, like the, like Winston Churchill, which we know now he was a satanic druid. You can look it up on the dog on his Wikipedia page. It says he was a druid. He basically, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of other people are concerned, used the entire sacrifice of Dresden. They say up to two to 500,000 people died that night in the firebombing of Dresden, just a couple months before Germany you had unconditional surrender, which was not even a military target just to kill women and children. I personally think that was a satanic sacrifice for, for him and trying to completely destroy the mindset of the German people. And then we don't even talk about the millions of people that died after the war in Germany from starvation. I mean, people say, well, they deserved it because the people died in the concentration camps. Hey, look, I'm not trying to paint some halo over Germany. I'm just saying that we, the United States, with the OSS and the CIA, have overthrown so many governments and are responsible for the murder and the death of millions and millions of people, not least of which is Iraq or Libya, or Egypt, and now Syria. I mean, the Treaty of Westphalia said that as a neutral nation, if, if a nation is in, in basically conflict in a civil war, that another nation doesn't have the right to go into that country and interfere with that civil war unless the host nation, that original country, asks them to come in. Well, Syria is in the middle of a civil war. That was induced by our CIA for various reasons. We all know that now. And the United States is involved in that war along with the Mossad, and they ask us not to be involved in this. They ask us not to be involved in this. We were heavily and,
0: involved in ben, from Benghazi. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought, but think no, about that that's it, it never, That's what Benghazi it, was all
3: about.: It never ends, Doug. Yep. and yep. the problem is the American people and, and rightly so, they they rally to the flag. and so when we get a nationalist and like we thought George Bush jr. was George W, who we now find out later is not a nationalist, okay we just everything but that, or we get a person like Trump. Everybody gives everybody a pass, and the Christians, because we're so, we're God-fearing, and we have this elected official who has people praying for him in the office, we give him a pass on whatever he does. Well, Trump said we were going to get out of Afghanistan, we're not out of Afghanistan, and under his tenure last year, poppy production went from 500 acres, or 500 square miles to 1,000 square miles, from 4.8 metric tons to 10 metric tons, as far as heroin, I mean, None of that's changed. He pretty much gave the rule of the military over to the military, and he doesn't get involved in it much anymore. He did that almost immediately when he got in office. So we've got to ask ourselves a question. What's really going on in the Middle East? Who's running the show? Who's in charge? And why haven't we pulled the troops out of Afghanistan, or better yet? Here's my big question. If the drug problem is such an issue and $1.5 trillion of heroin is being brought into the United States every year and globally, why don't we hook up a few of these C 130 transport planes, because they love glyphosate so much, which is Roundup, and put some sprayers on these transport planes and put a few hundred thousand gallons of glyphosate in them and go spray that thousand square miles of poppy over in Afghanistan and put a stop to this heroin production? We don't but, hear about but, that. Okay, is,
0: now I've asked you this before, but uh, I, it, it bears asking again. Does any of that, that poppy that's uh, over in Afghanistan, do, do we use that commercially for morphine products here in the United States legally and legitimately? I have no idea. I'm just curious. I,
3: I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Okay. I, I mean – But it's, it's not going to be $1.5 trillion. But Remember, what, we, what they do do right. they take a lot of it to India and Pakistan and to, or probably also to the Philippines where they have full-blown drug laboratories who produce huge quantities of opiates like OxyContin, and they'll take that poppy and they'll turn it into heroin or turn it into an opiate with these different types of drugs and they'll put them on the street via the black market via the mob. See, we have a we have a country now that is being completely controlled and globally being controlled by organized crime. That's what this is. We have an organized crime cartel that consists of the Jewish mafia, the Italian mafia, the Russian mafia. You know, the you know all these different agencies around the, the world that are working with you know with the Vatican and with a lot of international banks and and with the CIA. To do all of this stuff in order to fund fund black operations and also to make themselves insanely wealthy. And until we find a way to stop that, we're never going to be able to get our country off the opium and off the opiates. Now remember, well, in
0: nineteen. 19- okay, I agree with. I don't think we have that big of a problem with opiates. We got a problem with the uh, the mind altering drugs, the SSRIs, as we which are responsible. I mean, this kid that shot up the uh, the school in Parkland, he, he wasn't high on uh, Oxycontin or whatever that stuff is. He, he was he was mentally deranged because of SSRIs. Why are we declaring war on things like cannabis or opiates? Why don't we declare war on the on the, on the um, idiots that prescribe these the, the medications that uh, that you know create this mental problem? I, I I'm just tossing that out there, Ted. I
3: well well number one we the the SSRI's the serotonin reuptake inhibitors. I mean these things cause you to have eventually a huge pop off in serotonin, you become in some cases suicidally depressed, and you kill yourself or you go kill other people with them. This has been known for these drugs since the 80s and in 70s. I mean, this, this has been a long... That's why they have a black box warning on them. I mean, they're dangerous, dangerous drugs. Unless you absolutely have to take a drug like that, I would never suggest it. And in fact, there are natural things like 5 hydroxytryptamine, methylated B vitamins, and omega-3 fats like cod liver oil that work extremely well for helping maintain proper brain function without the use of taking SSRIs. Now... The biggest problem that we have right now, we have we 50,000, 60,000 people a year in the United States dying now from opiate drug interactions and overdoses. I mean, that's that's a huge problem, Doug. In some areas, it's difficult to get jobs filled because people can't even qualify for the job because they can't pass the drug test because they test positive for opiates. So to say that the opiates aren't a major problem in the United States is kind of ignoring a problem that we have that's not going away. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, as far as marijuana, here's the thing I look at cannabis on. If there are a lot of things and a lot of research things that I've seen. that If a person has cancer, the cannabis oil can actually help them recover from the cancer, and it does a lot of other things besides that. If I was a medical doctor and I could prescribe this in my state, I knew somebody had a problem with cancer, I would not hesitate to do that along with a really good immune system protocol. I wouldn't do it. I would, I would do it. Now, the problem that you run into with the legalization of marijuana is the abuse for teenagers. When you have young children smoking pot, it stops brain development. In other words, it stops the dendrites and the synaptic function from developing properly. It stops their brain development. So if they're 12 years old and they start smoking pot, heavy uses of pot, that's it. They stop at 12. Now they're 12 forever. They keep taking it throughout life. Now, I have seen in some cases that if the person becomes 20, 30, 40 years old, 25 years old, or 30 years old, or 35 years old, and they start reading a lot, they start really working their brain, that something called neuroplasticity will take over, and the brain development will slowly start back up, and it takes a while. Because in the years that you're a teenager, when you're starting to get the hormonal changes, you got tremendous synaptic function taking place, because your brain is developing, it's gelling up. Maslow called it, by the time you reach the age of 23, concrete rational thought. But if a person is in depth reading, and studying, and doing things, if, off, if they're off the drugs, I personally believe, though some of the folks say it's not possible, that you can reverse some of this and get past some of this. Now, will they ever be as good as they could have been? I don't know. I think they can pray about that. So the thing with pot, you got to be—I'd say 25 years of age before you're allowed to even buy this stuff, unless you have some kind of medical admission like cancer, and that's going to be something that's going to kill you, and you can do the—you can do the pot or the cannabis or the oil. That's how I look at pot. But as far as The regulation of the SSRIs, Doug, we've got about 30 to 40 percent of the entire population on these drugs, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and what ends up happening is these people are basically in a stupor. They're, you know, and one of the active molecules, by the way, in Prozac, is fluorine. I mean, fluorine is unbelievable, harshly harsh on the brain. I mean, fluorine gas is sarin gas. I mean, we've talked about that many times on the show. This is a last case, last ditch alternative because they don't really know how this mechanism works as far as inhibiting the serotonin reuptake in the synaptic cleft. They don't understand that. All they know is that it slows it down, which gives you a feeling of euphoria. Remember, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, when I was on with you guys, I talked about the difference between happiness, you know, versus enjoy and peace versus you know the 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 the, 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 the attainment of like dopamine, which is a pleasure molecule. What we have to do is we have to get that pleasure molecule under control so we're not constantly having that pleasure. That's why the guys get hooked on porn. That's why the guys guys get hooked on pot. That's why the guys get hooked on diet sodas, and and girls too. And this this is why so many people get hooked, because of dopamine triggers in the brain. Aspartic acid has this receptor site in the brain, which kicks off dopamine. As soon as you drink a diet soda. If If you're a tendency to be addicted to diet soda, you get really addicted to diet soda because of the dopamine trigger. And this is what happens with a lot of people. And see, what happens, and the reason i want to talk about all this stuff, back in 1933 when the gold reserves were taken from the people in the United States, with FDR, who was a communist, when he took over the country and he seized the gold reserves, and then finally in 1934 they had to put them together, they said it was called the Exchange Stability Fund. And then what they did is they immediately re-basically assessed the gold, Brought up, I think, twenty-two or twenty-three dollars an ounce to thirty-five dollars an ounce, something like that, which had like a forty percent windfall as far as the value they had. They had, they made billions and billions of dollars immediately, and that money that day, which is a lot of money today, like you know, 89 times that, ninety-five times that. So they had like almost, you know, you know, hundred billion dollars, probably, well, more than that, probably closer to two, two or three hundred billion, which is a lot of cash, and they started intervening through the Treasury and through the Fed in New York. The New York Fed basically is the Exchange Stability Fund. And the New York Fed, as we know, is run by the Rothschild Banking Cartel. And that's when they took over the federal government and basically took control of the Treasury, was in 1934. It's also funded through the black ops money from the heroin sales and from all the other things that are involved in this constant Like When we asked Ben Bernanke where the trillions of dollars went, I mean, he was straight asked by Bernie Sanders, where do these trillions of dollars go? And Bernanke said, well, they went to banks all over the world. And then he goes, what are they? And he refused to tell them. That was in a Senate hearing, for heaven's sakes. And we realize now we know where that money went because they were giving this money to the banks to basically clean off their balance sheets so they wouldn't go insolvent. In addition to that, they kept the money, turned around now, and they're buying up the New York Stock Exchange, just like they did in the Weimar Republic in 2021, 22, and 23, and that's why our stock prices have gone through the roof. Now, this is because they want to control the assets on the downside. So we've got to get this Federal Reserve thing under control because, remember, when the Federal Reserve and, the, and, and this, this exchange stability fund and all of this stuff is done in secret like this – We, the people of the United States, have no ability to control it. I mean, the Treasury, the head of the Treasury, he doesn't answer to the President. He does whatever he thinks to do, working with the Exchange Stability Fund, working with the New York Fed. Those two are pretty much synonymous now. The New York Fed basically is the Exchange Stability Fund. And this is the Plunge Protection Team. This is what they use to control the amount of money – that the United States currency is worth against other people's currencies. And quite frankly, they've done a horrible job, Doug and Joe. You know, we've lost 97% now of the value of the dollar in the last 100 years. I mean, this has been a nightmare dealing with these people. And why? Because they constantly enrich themselves. And it's like this. It's like the CFR. One of the key things that the CFR was they wanted to have the ability to keep the world in perpetual wars to increase the profits of the military-industrial complex and to make the United States stronger and stronger because it destabilized so many other countries around the world. Same thing with the thing that we've talked about before, the Federalist Society that was you know, really pushed really hard back in the 90s with Newt Gingrich. They put a lot of judges and stuff on the benches that really didn't have the best interest of the United States in their hearts. And now we're dealing with all of these different judges that keep ruling against Trump A lot of them were from the Federalist Society. I think at one time we had, what, three or four of the Supreme Court justices were were basically put in there through the Federalist Society. And what we have to understand is we've lost control of the country. I think Trump's aware of that. I think Trump's doing the best he can swimming in a swimming pool full of sharks to try not to get eaten and trying to do the best he possibly can to fix this mess. And I don't think he had any idea, Doug, when he won how incredibly messed up the United States was with the CIA with the Mossad, you know, with all of these things, with the Exchange Stability Fund, with this French fractional reserve banking nonsense we've had ever, ever. And, you know, we've got a major, major mess that's happening all over the world. And I think Trump's doing the best he possibly can. So you say, well, my 100% for Trump? I'm not 100% for any president if he doesn't make sure he does what's right. I have no idea why he put Galtleaf in the FDA. Who's was a huge drug pusher and a huge vaccine proponent, and Dudley wanted mandatory vaccinations. Guttley wants everybody vaccinated against their will. I mean, this guy's bad news. He's a heavy, heavy, heavy pill pusher, and yet he's telling now if he has different things with these companies he used to work for, he has to make decisions with the FDA, he's going to recuse himself. Well, why was he ever put in the position to start with that he has to recuse himself to begin with, Doug? when we could have found so many other people to head the Food and Drug Administration who wouldn't be compromised like this because of their interest in Big Pharma. So, again, to answer that question, Doug, Big Pharma is another sabotean, Frankis group that is being run through this I guess you could call them the synagogue of Satan, if you want. The Bible calls them in the Book of Revelations. This group of people is basically the same group of people that were the druids. They go all the way back to Nimrod. They go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. They go back all the way back to Genesis chapter six. All of these things have been passed through this lineage of these sorcerers and witches, or whatever you want to call them, all the way up to today. And that's the problem that we have. And nobody wants to talk about the fact that we gave the power to the government. The government gave it to the CIA, this the military-industrial complex. They gave it to the CIA. The CIA had given over to these Frankists, Sabatini Frankists who are the witches and the warlocks. who are trying to give it to Lucifer to tie us into a D-wave computer and basically run us all through transhumanism, through basically integrating us with the standard circuits and basically putting read-write programs in our brains and minds and controlling us like the Borg. That's where this is going. This AI is going to become so powerful, if we're not careful, this is going to control the entire planet and control the future and the demise of humanity, guys, which, of course, is Lucifer's Lucifer's dream. That's all he ever wanted to do was to tell you what God created, and to destroy it and he's having his little heyday with all that right now guys
0: yeah absolutely and I know you only have another what six eight minutes with us I want to make sure folks look visit healthmasters.com healthmasters.com let me explain something to everyone to, to our listeners uh, just to be clear okay we we use health masters products we they benefit us um, health masters supports this show so by by you purchasing your your nutritional supplements through Healthmasters and everything that they sell, of course. You uh, help us sell, so please. Before you go out to any of these stores in the mall or wherever or you know elsewhere on Amazon, visit healthmasters.com. And if you do nothing else... Get your ultimate multiple, your multiple vitamins from HealthMasters.com, and by the way, use Doug Five, Doug and the number five for your coupon code for five percent off uh, site wide, uh, minus any specials, of course, that they would normally run. So, and I, I do want to draw your attention to Attention Factor, of course. That's uh, my new favorite product. It's sometimes it's hard to get excited over a, a nutritional supplement. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, I am. And there it is. So I want to make sure that we got that in there. You've been very gracious with your time. We've got about five minutes left. Take it wherever you want to take it.
3: I want to talk about unclogging your arteries, naturally. There's a lot of studies that have been done as far as unclogging arteries, and this is important, especially if you're adult-onset diabetic or even, you know, juvenile diabetic. You're going to have a lot of placking in your arteries primarily because of elevated insulin levels and a variety of other things that cause inflammation in the artery walls. There's some things that you could do to actually reduce and reverse some placking in your arteries. Methylated B vitamins are one of the best, which is what we also have at Health Masters. Something as simple as adding a source of B complex to your regime can prevent the juggernaut of heart disease from taking your life prematurely. A double-blind, randomized study published in 2005 in the Journal of Atherosclerosis found that a simple intervention using folic acid B6, B12 for a year resulted in significant reductions in arterial thickness as measured by... Intima media thickness. In other words, it stops the thickening of the arteries and the closing of the hole in the middle, of the pipe that gets plugged up. Garlic, as we've documented before, and you know, on the show, garlic can save your life. It's been found to help regress plaque buildup. Pomegranate. I use a tablespoon of pomegranate powder every single day in my protein shake. This healing fruit has been found to regress the plaque buildup in the arteries. Again, dozens of validated health benefits, including replacing the function of the mammalian ovary. Amazing what it can do. Fermented cabbage. I eat this every single day. I have my sauerkraut. Now you guys think, well, I don't like sauerkraut. Okay, well, there's a lot of other things you can do besides sauerkraut. L-arginine. This is the thing that we have in our Health Masters HGH supplement. In addition to that, we also have citrulline, which is very, very, very good. This amino acid, arginine, is capable of preventing arterial thickening and up to a 24% reduction in an animal model. This is what's in our HGH stimulate. I take two scoops a day. Turmeric primary polyphenol from the Indian spice turmeric known as curcum has been found to be an excellent cardioprotective with over 30 studies demonstrating this fact. I take turmeric every single day. And sesame seed, probably one of the most underappreciated superfoods on the planet. Basically, we've shown as effective as Tylenol for arthritic pain. You, didn't, you heard that first year, This is a study that was done. It may be an excellent cardioprotective substance, ideally suited for preventing the progression of, of atherosclerosis. So we have all of these studies that I can send you, we can actually post this article with you if you'd like, on our website, and you can read all of the medical journal articles on what this stuff does, Doug and Joe, and how very, very, very important it is from a health standpoint. Now here's another article that just came in again, because I hear this all the time. Mega vitamin C IV therapy is being used to cure septis and flu infections while mainstream medicine continues to oppose it. There's a doctor in Virginia who's trying to promote IV mega-dosing of vitamin C for intensive care units who have septus. Dr. Paul Merrick, M-A-R-I-K, was the head of Norfolk General Hospital's ICU, and in January, a year or two years ago, out of desperation, he decided to try IV mega-dose vitamin C on a middle-aged woman who was dying from septic shock in his intensive care unit. The IV cocktail consisted of vitamin C, B vitamins. Here, her turnaround and recovery were so unexpectedly rapid and complete that he continued the use of that cocktail for septus victims with a very high success rate. Guys, I don't know what to tell you. If I got, in fact, every once in a while I do it. If I feel like I'm trying to come down with something or if I have a cold or whatever, I can't shake, which is very, very rare now because of the immune system protocol that I'm on. At the website, but every once in a while I can feel something trying to get on me, Doug and Joe. And just for prevention, I will go over to the doctor's office in Lakeland, and I will get a vitamin C IV. And what they do, they put a needle in your arm. It takes about two hours, and they drip a IV bag of 50,000 milligrams of vitamin C directly into your bloodstream. Much of that vitamin C then converts to hydrogen peroxide and kills every virus pretty much in the body. It's amazing what it does, and it, 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 invariably, Doug, if somebody's very, very sick and they can't shake something, if they got bronchial infection, they got a, they're coughing up, it stops. It just done. Now you may need two of them if you're really, really sick. But guys, this is why I say that Katie, the lady that we know out of Colorado who had a problem with breast cancer, worked with her doctor out there. He was giving her two to three bags of the vitamin C intravenous every single week. Because remember, cancer can't live in the presence of high oxygen. When you put hydrogen peroxide in your system, it's a very oxygen issue. And it really has a tendency to kill cancer cells and a lot of other stuff
0: man that's uh, again good good information important information healthmasters.com dr Ted brower uh, healthmasters. com Doug five is the coupon code Ted thanks brother I mean uh, your, your son did a great job in in the first uh, of those segments and you really cleaned it up too so you're both on fire next I up, appreciate for sure it.
3: and thanks so much to the listeners all right thank you Ted Thanks,
0: God. I'll be right back. Network break. Stay with us. The New World Order, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on the Global Star Radio Network. Stand by. Doug and Joe will be back shortly. to action, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report.
1: And welcome to our final segment on this Friday edition of the Hagman Report. We have heard from Austin Brewer, we have heard from Dr. Ted Brewer, and now we are going to hear from Sharon as she joins us when they all come on together and each bring a very insightful separate pieces of information that are, uh, you know, really timely and important. And Sharon is with us to talk to a number of interesting things and important things that she has put together. So Sharon, I'm going to turn it over to you.
4: Oh, thank you, Joe and Doug. It's always such a joy to be here with you guys. Uh, I always try and Give the audience what I feel like they they really want, and I get emails and people have always asked me why do you, how do y'all stay up how do you stay so positive? Well, it's not us it's it's the Holy Spirit working through us. But I wanted to throw some stuff together, and I think you're gonna really like this tonight. This is gonna be a lot of fun. First of all, to straighten out your life, you need to straighten out your to straighten out your if you straighten out your words, you're going to straighten out your life. In other words, you've got to be careful what you're speaking. And I'm going to go into detail why that why that is and why it works so much in the way our health is, the way we act, the way we respond, and everything else. But first of all, we have to realize that we're three-dimensional beings. God has made us three-dimensional body, mind, and spirit. We feed our body with nutritional products. We feed our bodies with clean food. We feed our bodies with clean water, so we've got to feed our bodies every day. Now, as far as being up and being positive, a lot of times I may get down. We all get down from time to time, especially in the field that we're in, talking about alternative news and having to deal with all this stuff. But it's not impossible to stay positive, especially I I take the 5-HTP, the B-Complex, and the uh, cod liver oil and sometimes I'll take extra if I feel a little down but we've had a tremendous result with these three products in combating depression and things like that even better than Prozac and that's just amazing because it's, it's just, you don't want to go on a drug unless you really have to but then we also have to feed the mind now the mind is something that has to be feed, fed also on a daily basis you feed the mind by good programming and we're going to talk about good programming today and also the words that you speak. Then you've got to feed your spirit. Your spirit is fed with prayer, fellowship with God, and fellowship with other people that are like-minded like you. Luke 6.45 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is so true. Most people want to change in, in, what, in, what they're getting out of life, but they're unwilling to change what they think and what they speak. And if they would make those type of changes, their life would change. It's impossible to have a positive life without a positive set mindset. I found out that I'm as happy as I really want to be. Now that's because the word "want" because you've got to want it. And the happiness doesn't come from happenings. The happiness comes from the infilling of the Holy Spirit and from the peace and joy within that only us Christians have. Most of the actions we take take today. Or result from the programming that we've had growing up. You've heard the term, guys, garbage in, garbage out. Well, that's so true. Our programming comes from so many different variables. From for like our parents, programming comes from our friends, our teachers, comes from our church, comes from the media. We talk about the media and how negative it is on uh, and how they program us. And then most important, if you're a Christian, it comes from the Word of God. Now, research says that 70% of our programming is negative by the time we reach the, reach the age of 18. And, guys, that's a pretty negative statement, but it is true. Now, I'm the only one that is going to like to decide what I'm going to put in my mind. You're the only one that can decide what you're going to put into your mind. It's a decision. It's a choice. And if we decide what we're going to do ahead of time, usually we're going to make a better choice. Whoever controls your mind controls you. Like we talked about the media. The media is so geared to programming us. We've talked about it on shows. You've heard it on shows. You've heard it on the Hagman show. You've heard it on the Ted and Austin Brower show. The media is there to program us. The Fox News, NBC, all that. Not, not the alternative news, but the other news, um, cast. Also, the commercials. We tell our children, and we do the same, mute the commercials. It's real important because our children have learned that the commercials are there to program them. We don't want that kind of programming put in. Now, the more relaxed you are, the more susceptible that your brain is to these types of programming. When God created man, he created and gave us an incredible complex brain. And I want to talk about a part of the brain tonight and... This is a Christian show. I'm talking about things from the Word of God. Now, Satan will counterfeit all that. When I talk about this part of the brain, you've probably heard counterfeits or the secular world use it in a secular way. This is not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about body, mind, and spirit, three-dimensional things. So we've got to talk about the mind. But how does the brain know what information to bring to our conscious awareness? It's easy. There's one part of the brain, and it's called the reticulator activator. Now, stay with me because this is really good stuff. Okay. The the reticulator activator is based, it's, it's, it's located at the base of your brain in the central cortex, right above the top of the spine. It's the part of the brain that stays awake. Now, the job of the reticulator activator, Doug and Joe, is it controls alertness or awareness. It also selectively filters out what is not essential to you at any given time. It also is there to make you notice some things and ignore others. The reticulator activator works as a filter 24-7 that is applied to all the data that gets picked up by the five senses. It determines what we consciously decide to give our attention to. Now listen to this. The reticulator activator takes what you say literally and it doesn't understand jokes. It takes what you say literally. That's why we've got to be so careful what we say and what we speak and be conscious of it. Now, the good news is you can tell it what you want and it will go to work to help you find it. That's the good news. The bad news, if you don't tell it what you want... It will slip in negative things from years of past negative programming. So it's very important, again, for the words that you speak. Now, let me give you a few examples. Joe, uh, Doug, I know when Joe was probably learning to drive and he started going out on his own, he's at 16, got a driver's license. And, you know, as parents, we want to say things as they go out the door. And I'm just as guilty as, as other people. I'm not painting a halo over my head. But you hear people say, hey, stay out of trouble, don't drive too wild, don't speed, and don't text while you're driving. Don't fall. (laughs) Yeah, Don't fall. That's right. The reticulator activator hears the word, stay out of trouble, don't drive wild. It hears those words. It hears text while driving. In other words, you've got to reprogram your brain to speak words of, okay, be safe. Drive the speed limit. Drive carefully. Hey, if you need to text, pull over and stop. That's what their brain's hearing. Now, what do you tell yourself? A lot of people, I'm tired. Oh, I'm having a bad day. Everything's going wrong. And have you noticed when people say that, it actually goes wrong and it gets worse? The words that we speak need to be words of life. Words that are going to give us accomplishment. Words that are going to make our life go in a positive direction. Uh, People say this, Oh, I have so much trouble losing weight. And they wonder why they never can lose weight. How about, I'm working on my ideal body weight, and it gets easier and easier the more weight I lose. If If you're really not trying to lose weight, but you want to maintain it, I always maintain my ideal body weight. I always make healthy choices because that's the way I want it to be. If you put that phrase, that's the way I want it to be, after you say a sentence to get you in the habit of speaking positive frequency and positive words, it makes it a lot easier. If you say something negative and then you say, and that's the way I want it to be, you think, oh, wait a minute, I don't want it to be that way. And you're reprogramming your brain and retraining your brain to actually fall in line with the Word of God and with positive words. Have you ever heard people say, especially this time of year, boy, this time of year, I always get the flu.
1: Oh, yeah.
4: Guess what they get? The
1: flu. They get the
4: flu. Because now that you know, that reticulator activator is full-time, nonstop, doing exactly what you're telling it, and it doesn't know the difference between real or make-believe. How about this? I'm always late for church. I'm always late for work. I'm late everywhere I go. Well, they're always late. How about, I always leave early because I get there on time. I always leave early so I can get to church on time, so I can get to work on time, whatever the case may be. But you've got to speak that out.
1: Well, there is a a lot of teachings and uh, books. It's really its own industry on the, the power of positive thinking. And even in Scripture, Jesus said, you know, what, comes out of our mouth is so important and we will be judged by that and that's it, it right. says it's not what goes into your body it's what comes out of your mouth and out of the uh how does it go out of the abundance of the, the heart a man. Abundance,
4: abundance of the heart and the, man, the mouth speaks that's yeah. right and and you're so true and you're so right and you've got it and if we could just help the patriots the the, the really true listeners of, of your show and our show and all these other great shows really get this because they're awake, you guys are awake you're set apart and we've got to be different we've got to show the world that we have something they don't have and we've got to start being very careful what we speak because we live in a negative world for instance my daughter the other day, where she was PMSing (laughs) which she seems to be doing a lot lately (laughs) she had a bad attitude and I looked at her and said what's going on with your attitude? And she looked at me and she looked at Ted she says, well, I'm just having a bad day. Ted and I looked at each other and we said, okay, whoa. We said, what did you just speak over yourself? What did you just tell your reticulator activator? She goes, I know. I said, you can't do that. Why don't you say, hey, I'm having a great day and it'll get better. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what's going on around you. Don't be moved by what you see. But just speak it. If anything, it's going to help you. Because your words speak life. They speak health. Not, I'm having a bad day. Well, then she's going to get a bad day. And we've trained our kids to do this. I'm having a great day. It's going to get better. I'm happy. I'm full of joy. I'm full of peace. Whether you are or not, speak those things that aren't as though they were the word says. You know, when our kids were younger and they said the word can't, because we just didn't want to hear the word "can't." That's, we said that's not a winner attitude. Winners don't say "can't." We would charge them a dime, and as they got a little bit older and they were getting more allowance, we'd start charging them a quarter. Well, after that, they got it because a quarter was a lot of money to them. And now they don't ever say that because we've trained them, we've programmed them not to do that. We've taught them that Philippians 4:13. Every time they would say something that they couldn't do, we'd say Philippians 4:13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, that's right. Say it again. And you program them. Program them with the word of God. Remember Psalm 118.24. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. It doesn't say, I will rejoice if I feel like it. I will rejoice if the weather's good. And here in the South, we may say, I will rejoice if the dam don't break and the river don't rise. But don't be moved by your circumstances. That's not what the Word of God says. Today, decide on what kind of day you're going to have tomorrow. So when you get up, I'm going to have a great day. Today's a great day. Remember, we're not of this world. We're set apart. We're to be different. God expects more out of us because we really have a higher accountability. We're to live a life that will draw believers to us, not run from us. We want them to want the kind of life we have.
1: We have to be that example, and it it extends a lot farther than what we're talking about, Sharon. Um, You know, when we talk about being that example that Christ was, he was not uh, a person who condemned people to hell or said that they're wrong. He did it out of a loving, compassion way to correct them. You know, go and sin no more. And he absolved... The, the, even the sinners and, and condemn those around uh, the sinners for the reasons and ways that they were attacking these people. And this is what turns a lot of people off to Christianity today because so many Christians. Are not humble coming from a place of compassion. Instead, they're coming from a place of judgment and self-righteousness when trying to correct other people. And it's a completely religion, opposite way. Religion. Oh yeah, religion yeah. is terrible. I oh, mean, it oh. is. Uh, it. Hypocrisy. Jesus, were here today. He would condemn the religion and he would, uh, you know, exalt the uh, actual living the examples of the teaching. But the the religious. Element is so destructive, and I look at all the denominations and separations inside the Christian religion that all that has caused. But so few Christians today actually exemplify the way Jesus dealt with sinners and and people in his ministry, and it is not the example that we see in the majority of the churches today.
4: No, you're you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more. And again, it's compassion, it's passion and compassion. of what happens to us from a health standpoint, which I was going to get to about our health, is based on our thoughts that are created. Our thoughts are created by our words. Our words are created by our actions. And then our actions are created by our lifestyle choices. So think about your words. Think about your health. Think about what you're speaking over yourself. Again, Christians, we've got to speak life. We've got to speak life over others. Some people are really down. We've got to show them that there is a better way. If we can just understand who we are in Christ Jesus and that this world has no hold on us. The world didn't give and the world can't take it away as far as our joy, as far as our peace, as far as everything that we have as Christians. And we have the power in the name of Jesus no other greater name. That name of Jesus. The power. If we understand the power and authority we have with that name, you know, Joe. It's so funny. I, Ted calls them melatonin dreams, but I, so I'm, I, I have some vivid dreams, and I'll wake him up, you know, yelling or something. I and mean, he says it's real, real adventure sleeping with me. But the other night I woke up and I woke him up to the words. In the name of Jesus! And I'm yelling that. Well, someone was attacking me, and I just took authority over, started yelling at that. And I don't remember the dream. I just remember waking up and screaming that. And talk about waking my husband up. He didn't know what to think. Oh,
1: Sharon, I know. Um, Just on a little side personal note here, my wife screams in her sleep sometimes too. And some of the things she says is just crazy, but, uh, you know, I'll wake up to her yelling and screaming this or that, and, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty rough sometimes, so I know. Okay.
4: Oh, yeah. your, your hair standing on the back of your neck. It's, it's, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's a, a, a girl thing or what, but like I said, though, if we can understand the power that we have in the name of Jesus and who we are in Christ Jesus, our words create either positive or negative energy because we are energy. When we were created in God's image, we were made up of energy. We, you know, Ted's talked about energy and frequency, and he goes into the biochemical and the, the technical and all that. I mean, he's got so much more education than I do in that area. But our body is made up. Let's talk about our body because we were talking about our words and our mind, but our body is made up of systems. Systems are made up of tissues and organs. The tissues and organs are made up of cells. The cells are made up of molecules. The molecules are made up of atoms. The atoms are made up of, made up of subatomic particles. And the subatomic particles are made up of energy. <laughs> Remember, God. the Bible says that God is light. We are energy. The whole, the whole universe is a universe of energy. Make sure what you speak lines up with the word of God. Get this down in your spirit so it becomes so natural for you, you don't even have to think about it. You know, Ted and I almost made a game of it. He'll say something. I'll say, well, what did you just tell yourself? He goes, oh, gosh, I did, didn't I? And we, we, we've we given each other permission to do that. My mother was getting out of the car yesterday, and I got all, all her stuff out of the truck, and she had forgotten her FSU little Yeti drink cup. And I rolled the window down, and I gave it to her, and she goes... You know, we're always forgetting stuff in that car, aren't we? And I said, no, we're not. We always remember it. She says, oh, you're right. You're right. That, that stuff, you're right. And she's 82 years old, but we play with her and, and get her to do that too. Because again, if you can get in the habit of speaking those things that aren't as though they were and speaking life and, you know, not giving someone an organ recital about how they at, when they ask how you're doing. I mean, you've asked people how they're doing. How are you doing? Not too bad. That's that's almost like a canned statement. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. One time someone, uh, Ted asked someone how they were doing. They said, I'm not doing too bad. And Ted goes, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And they said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you said you weren't doing too bad, and bad is a form of badly, and I'm sorry you're doing so badly. And they started laughing. They said, hey, you got me. So we're, we notice that because we've trained our brains to do that, but – not only the words we speak, but think about the power of prayer that we have as believers too. In Mark two two through 24 when Jesus was talking to us about faith, He said, Have faith in God, for truly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, And does not doubt in his heart, But believes what he says will come to pass, It will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, Whatever you ask in prayer, Believe that you have already received it and it will be yours. Now let me make a statement here. I'm not talking about name it, claim it, grab it, blab it. I'm not talking about that. What it means and what I really believe the scriptures is saying is to pray in accordance to God's will. Ask as though you have already received it. Ask in advance that you've already received it. It's past tense. This requires that we learn to understand and agree with God's will for us. Our son Harrison is, is getting ready to go to FSU. When we've been praying God's perfect will for him to go to the right school. He's getting a lot of offers. Well, Ted and, Austin, Ted and Harrison went to FSU. We're going to take two days. They went and only took one day because everything went click, click, click. Click, click and place. And they said, Sharon, it was like a divine appointment after divine appointment with meetings, with appointments, with living quarters. Everything just was perfect. Well, we've been praying for months. God, we want to be in your perfect will. And we did the footwork. Because faith, Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our words bring forth fruit we can bring forth good fruit and we can bring forth bad fruit what kind of fruit are you producing matthew 7:16 says you will know them by their fruit again what kind of fruit are we producing words of faith thanking god for everything past and present with god's help we can overcome obstacles when you pray thank god for answers every day's a faith walk Taken one step at a time. Ask the Holy Spirit to control your mind and control your words. We can't do it on our own. Our life is a sum total of our thoughts we create and we speak. And Doug and Joe, I just felt led to talk to the listeners and share that with them. That's been on my heart. I've been working, for the, working on this for about a week and talking about the spiritual, God's word and the words that we speak. We've got to speak words of life. We've got to speak words of faith, words of belief. And you've got an incredible audience. We we actually get some emails every now and then, and that's what leads me to speak on what I speak about when I come on this show because I have no idea what the Lord wants me to talk about. So I hope that I minister to people today. I hope that you understand where I'm coming from, where my heart is, and how I want to share this with you. And I just hope that it helps you. And start exercising your brain and start using it in that way of being careful and think before we speak and think before we do. And it's amazing how your health will improve, your life will improve, the relationships will improve because you're improving.
1: And this is not the, you know, name it, claim it, Uh, in the gospel that's out there. Not that you presented it as such, but just for those who might try to lump it in there. She said that, but yeah. It it is something that, uh, you know, we have been given power. We we have the Holy Spirit with us. Mm -hmm. And as long as we are positive and we are doing things, uh, you know, in line with what the Holy Spirit wants, and we are, you know, not only being, we have to be that example that Jesus left compassionately, but we also have to, you know, self-examine and correct where in areas where they might, might need correction. And language is one of those things from, you know, if you talk negatively a lot, try to uh, incorporate certain, um, routines to get you out of that, to, to, yeah. to switch it around, to talk more positively. There's so many things we can do, but there are power in words. We were talking about this on the daily show, the uh, effects that uh, electrons and, um, you know, vibrations and frequencies have on matter and why wouldn't why would it be any different the words that come out of our mouth having those same vibrational and other uh, properties that, that are able to change or affect matter
4: that's true, that's true, it's so true, exactly and we're on the same page and yes, I, 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 I reiterate this again, I'm not talking about anything but just faith and the word of God, but taking it to its fullest and using it and not being, you know, lazy, but just really, really, really using it to God's glory and honor and for other people.
0: You did very well. Fantastic. Um, well, Sharon Brower, thank you very much for, thank for your time. You guys. All right. Thank you. And we'll talk with you right. in a few weeks. Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks. Have a good night. All right, folks. Um uh, please if you haven't done so, please uh visit Hagmanreport.com for news information and all the that's your one stop shop for everything, HagmanReport.com. Don't forget the Patreon that's tab right. that is on HagmanReport.com. Uh up
1: up right on the very top there's the Patreon icon. And there are rewards if you sign up to donate, uh, you know, $10 a month, you get access to the forum and some other things, $25 a month. You join us for the first Sunday, uh, each month for a, kind of a, fire uh, a round table, yeah. uh, virtual meeting online where we all get on video and we sit there and talk to each other. And what well, we had about 25 people. We had a conversation for it's, a few hours, a gr-
0: you know, and we, we just love our audience and, and love you. People yeah. That- absolutely. And it's
1: great to have those interactions and whatnot. Uh, as they help us understand what we can do better, they also, uh, you know, talking about current events and things that are happening. This Sunday, I will be on the Common Sense Show with Dave Hodges at eight o'clock. And we are, uh, this is the first time I've been on in a while. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I, I have a few other, uh, interviews coming up in the next few weekends and you're going to be joining me, Dad. I believe on Kurt Schilling's show. I don't know if we, uh, lined up a date with that. But I will be on a few shows as well, so we'll keep you updated with that. I'm going to throw a few Hagman daily, sh- uh, daily shows up on the YouTube channel. We put one up there this week, but I want to uh, be- because of requests, I'm going
0: to put up a few more. And well, if you're if you're going to say that, I, I'm I'm just going to say this: uh, my show in the morning, nine to ten, is available only via Blog Talk Radio and Global Service Satellite Radio. So, and you can get the podcast for for that show, the ha- yeah. Doug Hagman
1: Radio Show. You go to the blog talk page. There's a little iTunes I- icon. You click that. It takes you over to iTunes. You subscribe to the podcast, or follow. Then you get on the updated yeah. every day. Yeah, and, and, and it's
0: very simple. Yeah, yeah. Pl- please follow uh, the shows that you prefer, including and especially the flagship show. And we had uh, j- just to close this out. We had a great uh, week of guests. Bill yeah, Bill Gurz yesterday, Anna Kate. Um, uh and next the house, week next week is going to be fully packed. So please tell others about this program. Talk to uh, Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundits oh, yes, coming on yes. and
1: as few as another uh, a few other debut journalists. So yeah, please. And the YouTube videos on our YouTube channel are all segmented with all the guests we've had this week. Well thank we you share for those for
0: doing that. Yeah. 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 Jackie. Eric and Jackie,
1: big big time. John, thank you for the great week of scheduling. And it was a a lot of fun this week, a lot of great conversations we had and we look forward to continue to to moving along and i'm sure monday we will get into this robert Mueller russian indictment before as we have I get time into it to read this it. weekend
0: oh, i know uh, i know I'm you're going to be on I'm it this gonna, yeah, i'm going to be on it so hey, you know what thank you global star thank you each and every one of you for listening and joe last word go ahead Have a safe and great weekend, everybody, barring any major catastrophes over the
1: weekend. We'll be back here on Monday, but watch for the YouTube channel for uh, reports from the old man here. Have a great weekend.